everyone. Welcome back to the Be There in 5 podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. I'm so excited because today we have another episode of Under the Influencer, and I try to do these once a month where I interview people that are either an influencer or adjacent to the business of influence. And I really like to get different perspectives because, you know, when you think about, as I always talk about this, um, you know, in, in the re- most recent decade, this being a new major tier of of ad spend, of marketing strategies, of a career, like a self-employed, you know, largely self-made career that people can have that's so unconventional that is largely, you know, can can be dismissed because of people hawking press on toenails and the like. But there's no denying it also makes people immensely successful. And there are so many multi-multi-millionaires as a result of this career. All that to say, I always like to set it up because these episodes bring a lot of new people. But today we're talking about influence from a slightly different angle. And we're talking to somebody who's been incredibly successful and very much a trailblazer in uh, influencer marketing from the brand side, but not in a conventional brand like a big CPG brand, but in a ground up, self-funded, self-run, small business turned multi-million dollar company uh, run by two sisters started when they were, you know, 15 and 17. Look up, uh, before we get started, look them up on Instagram at Stony Clover Lane. Give them a follow, S-T-O-N-E-Y, Clover Lane. And um, you'll recognize their products, even if you're not connecting the name to it, though I think most of you are familiar. They, you know, started by getting their products in the hands of like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift in early 2010s, teen queens. And now, you know, I think I started following them because I saw like Sky Sky, Rachel Zoe's son had a backpack. But I mean, you see them everywhere from like, traditional Hollywood celebrities to reality stars. You'll see the Zolciak Beermans talking about them quite a bit uh, to our favorite bloggers. Ariel Charnas has a ton of their stuff. It's always in the background or foreground. And uh, Rachel Parcell has a bunch of stuff. Isla Rose, my gosh. Did you guys see her uh, dance picture of her as a bunny? She's so freaking cute. And I'm just like, how how she has that much fierce uh, ferocity and presence as what is she for? At that age, I had a thumb in my mouth and my head in a blankie like I was a Peanuts character. Meanwhile, Isla Rose is a regular J-Lo. It's fascinating. These child influencers. Um, But yeah, they're what I think so fascinating about them on the brand side is that their entire uh marketing strategy is influencer marketing and on the typical brand side it's certainly an element of it uh but it's often not very well understood it's often not very executed very uh strategically and so often i see brands doing collaborations that are obvious from an agency that kind of vets people based on a certain category that looks at things very analytically and and high level but when you're a person that follows the influencer and like understands the brand, you like have trouble seeing um, the synergy. But what I think is interesting about Kendall and Libby and the reason, you know, I think why we get along as friends is because they aren't too cool to like love celebrities, love bloggers, love influencers in their position. When you kind of have to run in circles adjacent with the people that promote your products, you have to play it cool to a degree. But they're totally open about loving this stuff as much as the rest of us do. And that's what makes them so damn good at it. When you actually follow and pay attention to and are the audience of the people you want to leverage to promote your products, I think that's when influencer marketing works. That's what I'm always talking about with brands engaging with people that naturally talk about them, engage with them, DM with them. 
it it becomes this thing where you're creating an organic relationship and the person's going to post about you, not because they have to, not out of obligation, but because you're sending a customized product and, a, you know, that shows you actually know who they are. And the likelihood of somebody sharing cu something custom made for you and thoughtful is so much higher than something that's like kind of generic. I, you know, I do consulting on the side for different companies and I've worked with Kendall and Libby in a professional capacity as well as, you know, just being regular friends. And um, they just get it. Like, I work with a lot of people that don't get influencer marketing and they just want me to tell tell them like, how do I get people to promote my stuff? Like, who should I pick? And it just doesn't work that way. And I think that they, in being the age they were when they started this, they could have easily been written off for their age. But while other brands weren't understanding Twitter and are, or weren't understanding Facebook and Instagram and how to leverage these tools in 2009, being 15 and 17 gave them an advantage to be in the depths of these tools and messaging people like Khloe Kardashian to get products in their hands when nobody, no other brands were thinking of doing that. But the fact that at that time, especially, we had such a direct line of communication to these people when they're before social media, there was never a way to directly contact a celebrity before. Like, are you kidding? And I think that they are just such an interesting case study of having leveraged this style of marketing where you don't have to spend a dime on advertising but if you send people the right people, the right product with the right message, and you don't even have to tell them to promote you over time, how their their audience and their platform, you know, become part of yours. And they just I don't know, they've been crushing it. They've like doubled their sales year over year. They have stores in East Hampton, in uh, Palm Beach. They're opening a pop up uh, on Prince Street, I think, November, like maybe it's the 14th, 15th, 16th. You go, go look on their Instagram. I'll be in New York in two New York in two weeks and there's a chance I might do something there. I don't know. We we have to talk about it still. But um their stores are so cute and they're this like customization experience. And anyways, we'll get all we'll get all into it. But I just always wanna honestly kind of look at this from a business lens because if you own a small business, um, a startup, you know, you want to get a product, a thing, a book, or whatever you're working on out there, it's so important to consider this type of business case study because They've never even had to spend a dime on influencer marketing. They 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 eat the cost of the product, but incremental dollars dedicated toward uh, these efforts are n nowhere close to what you would be paying in the traditional ad model where you're paying for a certain volume of exposures. And I just think it's an important lesson for anybody in general who wants to learn more about how people are kind of chosen and, and how people get gifted stuff, but also for business people to see an example of people that have just been like, scrappy as hell, you know, gone out of their way to get in front of people to get their products in people's hands, and to leverage their platforms in order to build their own instead of kicking up dust trying to arbitrarily bring people to them from nowhere. They understood from very early on, uh, the power of leveraging social media to their advantage to grow a brand that literally like has exploded. I mean, they've grown like the percentage of growth since like 2014 is in like the thousands of percents. I mean, honestly, it's 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 pretty amazing. And I love to feature, you know, super creative, scrappy, hardworking, resourceful and interesting people who, you know, despite likely being told what I was told about doormats, you know, entering a fairly ubiquitous category, saw room for innovation thought that you could be bright and colorful and still self-express yourself in a category that's marked with with bland neutrals that all blend in on a baggage claim, but they're more of a 
their baggage claim to fame is that you can't miss their products. But it's a great also thing for people that like uh, if you, the people that are changing their names. I think that like monic old school monogramming is like out and like patchings in. And you'll know what I mean when you see this stuff. And like I think Kathleen Barnes, who I love, she's like one of my favorite bloggers, Carrie Bradshaw lied. She has the patches like on a Louis Vuitton. You just there's no bounds. But anyway, please welcome Kendall. I'm so happy you're here. If you're new here, please come back. And I hope you enjoy the interview. I will catch you on the flip side, or rather patch you on the flip side. <laughs> I interrupt that bad joke to tell you, one, be sure to listen through the full episode because we're going to give a coupon code for 15% off for Be There in 5 listeners toward the end. It's only good through November 22nd, but don't forget to catch that. And also, secondly, I want to just give a quick shout out to my sponsor. I'm so excited to be working with them again because a lot of you guys said you tried and loved it. And also, I just really believe in what they're doing. It's called Simple Health. They're quite literally trying to make birth control simple. Uh, not only that, but also convenient and affordable by offering the ability to get online prescriptions and free home delivery monthly to your door. And even if like if you're new to birth control, if you've already taken it for a while, regardless of your circumstance, you can go on their website, you fill out an online health profile, and then a doctor, a real doctor, an MD, um, reviews if you're a good candidate for birth control and writes you a prescription. And whether they kind of guide you through the process to help you figure out what will work best for you and your body or you pick the birth control that you want to continue or whatever. They kind of, they have a whole spectrum from pills to patches to rings and it ships to your door without interruptions every month. And I think too, like given the, what we talked about last week with purity um, culture and how so often there's a major breakdown in communication in dialogue as it relates to sex education, your options, um, women's health. And this can help circumvent some of the discomfort of going to see a doctor and having an uncomfortable conversation, fearing judgment that might be a, a component of anxiety as it relates to trying to get birth control. But beyond kind of, you know, avoiding the the waiting rooms and lines and, and just uncomfortable conversations, it also is incredibly affordable. And regardless of your insurance, most insurance, the, the it will be completely free. But even if you don't have insurance, the pills start at $15 a month. And that's just the affordability is just one example of what I love about this company, because they really are aiming to cut down barriers for women, be it proximity to care, price point, health insurance plan, whatever it is. They're putting women in charge of their own health. And as you know, I in a world where women's health policies are often dictated by, you know, the government insurance plans, uh, men, quite frankly, I always want women to be at the forefront of taking the lead on their own health and having simple, convenient, affordable options for what should be rightfully theirs in the first place. So Be There in 5 listeners can try Simple Health for free if you go to simplehealth.com slash be there in 5 or use code be there in 5, F-I-V-E, not the number 5. I do want to remind you, though, that this uh, Simple Health is not a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor. You still need to go get your pelvic exams, pap smears, checkups, all of that. But there's really no medical reason that these uh, visits have to be linked to contraception. So Simple Health is a way to get your prescription outside of those routine visits that you still should be doing. So again, go to simplehealth.com, use code be there in five or simplehealth.com slash be there in five to get your first prescription for free. Today, I'm so excited. I have with me Kendall Glazer, co-founder and co-creative director of Stony Clover Lane, which you may know as the go-to travel and accessories brand for A-listers and influencers. And they're best known for their candy-colored pouches, bags, accessories, et cetera, that are paired with their signature patches that kind of allow self-expression. 
And you've definitely seen their products all over Instagram with countless influencers sharing their pastel patched monogrammed and labeled travel accessories. And a big reason I wanted to talk to Kendall for our Under the Influencer series is because she's both a reluctant influencer herself by accident, whether she'll admit it or not, but also a pioneer of influencer marketing. And I think she's super talented, has an incredibly impressive career, and we can learn a lot from somebody who over the course of a decade built a brand from making bracelets on your bedroom floor to a multi-million dollar accessories brand, which is so crazy to me. And I'm so excited to talk to her. Please welcome Kendall Glazer. Hi. <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. So we'll ha- so tell people how you got the name first. So Stony Clover Lane is the street my sister and I grew up on um, in Rochester, New York. We were in Rochester when we were starting making these beaded bracelets. Um, spent our summers there and when we needed to come up with a name we were like how about stony clover lane okay that works and i think it worked because too like today if we were coming up with a name we'd be like oh is the can we get that domain like how does it sound on instagram does it make a good hashtag like how are people gonna say it? but we didn't expect it to become what it did so the name just like worked and it's still a good name but it's a great name it didn't have a lot of thought into it that's kind of great, though. Yeah. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. My husband was telling me yesterday, he read a study of like, if you're going to start a company name, if you have the name of like a rock in it, like stone or so, like it was some funny thing where I was like, oh, weird. Stony Clover oh, no. Lane. It sounds so authoritative. <laughs> um, so, OK, basically, so you and your sister were making bracelets in your bedroom, like for fun, just to mm-hmm. wear yourselves. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so you started wearing them, your friend's. So we were we were bored. Uh, it was the summer before I started co- my freshman year of college. Libby was going into her junior year of high school, doing nothing in the summers. Um, Making so rounds at like, Joe Bros concerts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, let's. That was the last summer of the Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> so we're like, let's just like make these bracelets. I don't know. They were everywhere. Like everyone was making them. Intermix sold them. Nordstrom sold them. Like they were just beaded bracelets with charm. It was like super boho, and people would stack them. So it started with like wooden stone ones. So we were literally like we weren't um, when we were like in Rochester in the summer, we had one friend who was there. So it wasn't even like our friends were wearing them. It was literally like just us trying to entertain ourselves. Yeah. um, In the really beginning. That's so cool. Yeah. And so you had friends that one of them wanted them and somebody was like, let's we should charge them. So (laughs) sort of. So we are making these bracelets. We go to um, Maryland to we're staying at my aunt's house, I think and her cousins so we're like let's we're going to a taylor swift concert and we're like we got to meet her so we're like let's bring her a bracelet like that's cool so (laughs) um we i think we gave her like three or four bracelets you can see in the picture of us with her like she's holding them um and we're like okay whatever like great and then a week later we see in a picture from like a press conference i feel like it might have been like the CMA like it was some press conference around something big Mm -hmm. and I try to find the video but there's photos of her and she's wearing two of the bracelets and I like I could be wrong but I sort of think that in this press conference she's talking about fan gifts and she sort of like acknowledges that Uh, the bracelets were something from I haven't even thought about that till right now but I'm pretty sure that's what happened and then this the aunt who we were staying with when we were making the bracelets at the same time she decides she wants to buy them. We post this picture of Taylor Swift on Facebook, freaking out, make like, like a to your status. Own yeah, accounts. yeah, our own personal yeah. Facebook. My aunt's like, I, I want some. Can I get some as gifts? So we're like, yeah, sure. Like, 
we had also at the same time found out about Dream Foundation, which is like make a wish for people over 18 instead of under 18. So mm. what Grant's wish is a terminally ill adult. And I'd learned about them. And I'm like, we totally separately. I was like, I want to like, I'm reading the stories. I start crying and I'm like, I want to do something to help yeah. them. So all kind of was like perfect timing. We're like, let's make these bracelets. Let's sell them. Let's donate a percentage of the proceeds to Dream Foundation. And it all. That's crazy. Yeah. That. So you were going, you were 18, 17? 17. That's wild. Well, isn't it crazy to think of like isolated moments, like bringing it to Taylor Swift that like changed the trajectory of your entire life? Yeah. Like you could have chickened out. No, I could have like, and, and probably Libby was probably mortified that I was doing it if I had to guess. But it's I, uncomfortable. We like, I've done it too. <laughs> but we're like, but it also like worked in our fate. A lot of the like celebrity stuff that happened early on worked in our favor. We were young. Like, yes, it didn't. And I probably when I was 17, people, people think I'm 18 now. So like how young did I look when I was 17? How long did, young did Libby look 15? Like Taylor Swift also wasn't who she is now. This right, concert we was in an amphitheater. Era, right? It was, I think it was, um, Kelly Pickler opened for her. I think that was her name. <laughs> yeah. Kelly Pickler. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, you're right. And Carrie Underwood, I think. Is that possible? Carrie Underwood, is that, do you have anything to do with that? At, at that point, I feel like Taylor would have opened for Carrie maybe. Because yeah. it was. So Taylor she, was definitely headlining. There was definitely Kelly Pickler. I could have made this up was what twenty twenty two thousand nine summer two thousand. Oh, she was pretty big then, yeah. So but she wasn't right now. She wasn't like. Oh God! Well, now they would take your stuff at the door. Oh my God! Like, they would never. They would never. You can't even use your own phone to no. take photos. They have to like send it to you. I mean, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. Um. So, after that, you put them on your website. Things kind of get started. Did you kind of see like an opportunity to? To kind of replicate the model again with other celebrities. So, I didn't. We didn't realize we were like celebrity obsessed. Yeah. Okay. Especially with like young Hollywood. So like you said, I loved the Jonas Brothers. So like I loved all of those people. I liked Miley. Says. Miley. We liked Demi. We liked Selena. We liked. I. I. Oh, and I always have like liked all the people that like I'm probably too old to like. So <laughs> we. But like whatever. You're, like still watching Camp Rock. <laughs> exactly. Not the Jonas Brothers concert last week. Um. So we. So we're like the Teen Choice Awards were in August, I think. And this is July that this happens. Mm -hmm. And me and Libby want to go to the Teen Choice Awards. But like, I think we explained to my parents, like, we want to go to LA and go to the Teen Choice Awards. They're like, no. <laughs> um, so I think this is kind of how it happens. We're like, okay, let's like just make a Twitter for this um, bracelet company we have. And let's just like tweet celebrities and like see what happens. Kind of the Teen Choice Awards that are still in the back of our mind. And we are tweeting like Chloe Kardashian one time, like, hi, Chloe, we make bracelets and we donate a percentage of our proceeds to charity. Like, can we send you one? And literally tweet like a million celebrities, but one tweet. Okay. Twitter, like that's not how Twitter works, but it was still kind of like the beginning of Twitter. And you didn't look thirsty at the time because <laughs> we didn't look thirsty. Yeah. We looked like if, like if anything, it was like so bizarre. Like it was just like <laughs> whatever. And I think we said we donate a percentage of our, pro yeah, that we, did. we said we donate a percentage of our proceeds. So this person, her name is Carrie. We say we were talking about her the other day, me and Libby, that like we literally owe a lot to her. Um, <laughs> she finds us on Twitter from tweeting all these people and she's running this Teen Choice Awards gifting suite. And she's like, I'd love for you to send me bracelets. We must have been tweeting the picture of um, Taylor also. She's like, I'd love for you to send me bracelets to put in the gift bags. So partially because... I just sort of knew no one was going to care if they saw them in a gift bag. And partially because we wanted to go to the Teen Choice Awards. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'll come and I'll set up a table at your gifting suite. 
like, can we do that? And she's like, okay. So then I come to, then we go to our parents and we're like, okay, so we have this business opportunity for work. And they're like, okay, go. That's amazing. So we go to LA um, and we do this gifting suite, which was, it's like so weird. It's like you do these weird things and they're like, so put together. Like, I mean, if I walked into it now, I'd walk out. Like I wouldn't have done it, but it like changed everything. So we do this gifting suite. She, you know, we're told that like huge people are coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like this cast of a uh, secret life, of the American teenager and like <laughs> great show. Uh, the girl that gave her kidney to Selena Gomez. And like, <laughs> yes. And like all just like people I was into, like, I don't know. It was fine. But we meet at this gifting suite, Noah Cyrus and Brandy Cyrus. And Brandy is in this band called Frank and Daryl with one of the girls from Secret Life. This girl, Cody and Brandy. And we give them bracelets. And I like, you know, meet Noah, give Noah a few bracelets. And Brandy's like, Miley would love these. And in our head. We're so like, Brandy's her older sister. Noah's yes. her younger. Yeah. So Brandy's a uh, couple years older. And Noah at the time is like really young. Noah's like. I don't know, maybe like seven, eighteen. That's now. how you belong there because you recognize them. Oh yeah, it's in twenty ten or whatever, two thousand nine. Exactly who they were. I wouldn't have not. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, and so Brandy's like Miley would love these. We give Brandy not that day. I don't think we had them with us, but we like give her basically a Ziploc bag full of bracelets. And in our minds, we're kind of like, well, they have Miley. Like, yeah, will she ever wear them? But like, who cares? Um, and Brandy wears them and the other girls are wearing them. And then all of a sudden Miley starts wearing them. Do, wait, did you go to the Teen Choice Awards? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> you got yes. to go. That's, we got to that's go. key. Yes. You got to go. Um, but oh my God, it was the first time I used a curling iron was my, I got a curling iron at a kiosk in LA and my hair is like literally so bouffant. Um, <laughs> so you like thought you were like red I think it was carpet. Also like one of my ready? first like spray tans. Oh God. Um, but so so Miley starts wearing these bracelets and she's wearing them like every single day. This is on a fistful of bracelets. It's very, very in. cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so the same lady, Terry, kind of like, you know, is friendly with them and she knows they're wearing the bracelets. And I start college and I go to the I go. I had tickets to the Miley concert in New Orleans, which is maybe in like September. Mm-hmm. And we go. T- Somehow we go backstage and we're like in Miley's dressing room and we. I love how you say somehow. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even That's know so the logistics, but it like really was. Yeah. She was like texting them and they're like okay, and so we go backstage and we give her more bracelets and she's continuously wearing them. She's wearing them on tour and like, um, we at some point meet Tish, who their whole family has been like. I mean, she's probably one of the most famous people. Who's, worn our stuff and the mo- been the most supportive like literally awesome. since day one that's awesome um and so she wears them and libby goes to another one of her concerts and libby sees her again and asks her if she would make um a video libby has like her camera and this is like usually libby would yell at me for doing this but libby was alone and libby did it and she said can i make a video of you talking about the bracelet i bet she was so nervous <laughs> and Today, someone would laugh in your face if you asked that. They'd be like, I make millions of dollars to like promote something, but it wasn't the same. Right. She could have said no then too, but like she didn't. Yeah. And, well, she, and you waited till you knew her a little bit. Yeah. That's important too. But she made the video and in the video, she's like, I love Sunny Clover. I'm wearing the bracelets, you know, and usually they were up to my elbows and I don't know the exact number, but like the video has a ton of views. We put it right on YouTube and it just 
kept growing and people found the video Miley was huge she was every paparazzi picture from like that year right and on tour she's wearing the bracelets this is like party in the USA days yeah like yeah. height but it's like pre-blurred lines like nonsense it was no, kind of like, like wholesome Hannah Montana graduated to solo artist yeah like big yeah and like and I knew because I loved everything Miley was wearing at the time this is kind of how I used to go on these websites like I wish I knew what they were called but they were like they would show you where you get what they're wearing so yeah. it'd be like i remember the first time i like really saw a picture of a celebrity wearing an outfit and i needed it and it was like i'm pretty sure it was vanessa hudgens at a lakers game <laughs> and she was wearing these wedges and these jeans and like i needed them and yeah. like i had a look it took me a while i found the website that showed where they're from and i was like if i'm doing this other people are doing this uh, totally so that's kind of like how we knew that all of these celebrities then needed to have our stuff because people would see it people were seeing miley having them and they wanted them and then these like websites were we're like saying that they were ours and um we'd like you know just jared would post a picture or like ocean up and we'd like rep- email them and be like oh these are stony clover and they'd like add it in oh and, smart and it just like i mean then it was a lot sounds stupid to say it's luck but like it was a lot of like us being in the right place at the right time we spent a lot of time in la and we would just go to places and we'd see a celebrity. And so we, I would always have the bracelets and I'd go up to somebody and I'd tell them about it and I'd take a picture of them wearing it. And every time they would wear it and they would do it. No one ever said no. And so, um, you know, or if we had friends who like met people and did it, like a friend went to a Selena concert, gave her bracelets and she spotted the next week wearing them all the time. That's wild. So it was like all of these people, but it was really just like people, like I always say, like, certain things like you're never going to see this person again most likely right if they say no they say no but so if they true. say yes like stony clover's born so a hundred percent and that it's such an uncomfortable thing where it's, people it's, it's i could not do it today like i would never i would never go up to somebody i don't think but i did it enough times that i don't kind of don't need to now right. so like in certain situations i would go up to someone who previously had stony clover and like introduce myself and tell them or right. something like that but i don't think but it's also a different thing when i can say like we make pouches. I don't have one with me to give yeah, you. Right. I could like send you one. Well, tell me about your pouch. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, it was easy. It was like, we were wearing it. I could take them off. I could That's hand so them true. to them. That's so true. Were the bracelets themselves branded? Eventually there, we had a tag made that says Stony Clover Lane. I don't know when that happened. Were you having trouble at the beginning? I asked, cause I had so much trouble with people like ripping them off. Okay. So you couldn't really rip them off because everyone was doing it. So like there was really oh. nothing you, Ours were like cute. We knew what we were doing. We sold them as mostly they were sold as sets instead of being sold as individual. So like you got the look like we've I've learned this from like day one is like people can't make decisions. People and I'm like, I'm bad at making decisions, but I can put things together very easily. Like I know it looks good. And so we made it easy. Like if you were going to buy them individually for twenty five dollars, five for one hundred dollars and everyone is buying the sets because. You buy one and you're like, I don't like this look, but we gave them the look. So they had the set that looks good. We sold them like Miley always wore black ones. So like you could buy the ones like Miley had, or you could buy Mm -hmm. the wooden ones like Taylor had. And they also, um, there was a point to what I was saying about this. Oh, so a lot of the people who were making bracelets, if it wasn't like Nordstrom's or Intermix selling them were a lot of girls like me, like girls in college selling bracelets. And they had a Facebook page that they would sell them from or something. Mm -hmm. And like, I knew so like right away that 
maybe I'd buy something from something like that once if I knew that person. But like, I'm not, that's not like a way to like be sustainable and shop because it seems so homemade. And like, that's not where people like want to be spending a hundred dollars that way. So the first thing we did, literally when we did that first gifting suite, we had one of our friend's moms. um, She's like a party planner. And we called her and we're like, can you help us? Like, can you help us? We need to make this look good. And she's like, okay. She had a logo made for us. That was our logo for the first like six years um, made. She made us business cards. She made us like a little about us thing, which was so important to have branding. So 98% of these people didn't have any sort of branding. Mm, And then probably four months later, we like had a website made. I'm the first website was like just kind of like a photo sharing cloud type thing where people would email us and tell us what they wanted. And it was customized even back then. Um, but then the the website, so it seemed like that's what set us apart was you hmm. thought you were ordering from this like legitimate cup was legitimate, but no, people, totally. Yeah. People would email like questions and be like, to whom this may concern. Like I spoke to Kendall on Twitter and I'm like hysterically laughing. Cause I'm like, yeah, you spoke to me on Twitter and I'm the one answering the, there's it's a two people, two person show. Totally. There is no one else, but it made it seem like we were. Oh, I think that's a big part of it. Like coming from the Etsy world is you need to separate yourself from a person like crafting in their living room to being like a legitimate company. There doesn't have to be a tangible difference. It's all on perspective and presentation. I mean, I love Etsy. I use Etsy for everything. But sometimes when me and Libby are like making decisions about like packaging or something, we'll be like, this looks like it's from an Etsy shop because people throw in candy in my order. Or like, you know, there's like a little home peppermints. <laughs> yeah, like a little homemade bow. And we're like, that's we don't want it to seem we want it to be the step above. Like, yeah, but it's like compare. Right. We don't want we don't want people to know that I'm sitting literally on the floor of my dorm room making <laughs> right. these. I want them to like have this like vision of something that it is. So you continue doing this all four years, four years of college. Yeah. So her sister Libby is the co- co-founder, co-creator. If we didn't mention that earlier, Libby's two years younger than you. Yeah. So you get to like senior year. Are you like look, looking for a job? Okay. So we'll backtrack a little. So when I, my first years of college, Libby's basically doing every online order from home. And I'm doing like, at the time, whatever was our press and PR yeah, yeah. and like Twitter trying to do media. what, right. So she's doing that. Then she comes to college. I move into a house and I start doing the orders because it was kind of like, okay, now it's my time. Um, but I didn't look for a job because the sophomore year, Libby's about to start at Tulane and I'm, my friends are all applying for internships. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to apply for an intern. I didn't do anything after my freshman year. Um, I made bracelets, but whatever. So then the sophomore year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to apply and I'm applying for an internship in LA. I think it was at Rachel Zoe. And that would have been a great internship. <laughs> and I, all of my friends start saying to me, like, if we don't get X, Y, and Z internship, can we come work for you? And I was like, oh my, what am I doing? Why am I going to work for like somebody else? Like I have this company, mm-hmm. but I, I'd always, it wasn't like I thought of it as a hobby. Like I knew it was a business and we treated it like a business, but it was the first time I ever thought like, yeah, it's real. It was such an organic progression of events. Right. It was so, it was like, it wasn't slow. It moved very fast, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like it was just like normal to me. Like it was just like, this was second nature. So I'm talking to Libby and we're like, let's like do something. Let's open a pop-up shop in LA. I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and this is like beginning of pop-up shop time. It's not now you could go on a website, you could find a space that's available for a day, a week, a month, whatever you want. You could find a company to come build it out for you and you're done. Not then. So I'm 19, Libby's 17. <laughs> so we find this like rental apartment 
um, no one would lease us a space because they wanted to see if they could get a long-term tenant. So we go to LA with no confirmed space. Um, one of our friends who was helping us out a lot at the time, she comes with us too. And she, the three of us, we find a space in Beverly Hills <laughs> next to Crumbs, the cupcake place. Okay. <laughs> one block from Rodeo Drive. Wait, like a storefront? Yeah. Storefront. It's now yeah. some like high end jewelry store. Okay. So we, he hadn't leased it and we're like calling numbers on signs and he's like, we're like, we want it for the month of July. And they're okay. They, they, what was he going to do? He'd wanted nice. to lease it. So we take it, we go to Ikea, we buy furniture. I cringe when I look at the pictures, but like it worked because we like took letters from Michael's and like wrote Stony Clover Lane on the front <laughs> of a key, like what was supposed to be an I- kitchen island and put a bunch of bracelets around and I was successful. And we made money and we you met made a lot. back your lease payment yeah. and more. Yeah. That's wild. In Beverly Hills. It was what worked is like there were so many tourists. And everything that we were selling, we said, this was seen on this person. This was seen on this person. This was seen on this person. Oh, and duh. everyone wanted people, it. Celebrity obsessed people going mm-hmm. through Beverly Hills. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. And it was, there was like, the bracelets were like so popular and people wanted them. But it wasn't like you could go into a store and it was like, you know, it was just the three of us working there. I don't even, we had hours. Well, I think we literally would just like go and when we kind of like yeah. wanted to go in. We, and it worked. And so then we did the same thing the next summer. We opened next to Planet Blue, another uh, on a different block, but also a block from Rodeo Drive across from Nate Niles, like an intermix. This street wasn't like, I mean, now it's like the in Beverly Hills. It's like one of the best streets. Everything is opened on there. Um, it's like, a, I don't remember what it is now, but like we, the store was too big for us. We had to cut it in half of the curtain, but it was such a good location. And we knew, we knew also how important location was. Yeah. They tried to, the second summer, they tried to, give us this space on like West Ho- in West Hollywood that we were just like, we wouldn't, this is how we've always been, but we were like, we wouldn't shop here. We cannot open here. Oh, right. Yeah. You, and so, you are your demo. Exactly. And yeah. so even from doing that, so we did that the second summer, the third summer we opened one in New York because I was graduating college and I had to be in New York. <laughs> and then I, and then it was just, it was just automatically like we did the store and then it closed and then, yeah, this is my job. That's wild. Wait, so did you who was making the bracelets at this time? Like, I feel like every handmade sort of business reaches a point where you're oh, you're selling more than you can produce and you have to it figure out really, a supply chain. It was us, we were making them. We had like some my friends were out. Like, did they helping. take a long time? Um, yeah, eh. like it was fine. We could keep up during the hot, like, it wasn't, it was like there were always orders coming in, it was like successful. But then there'd be like big, big, t- like holidays was like really hard. To right. Up, but we did it like we did um, something with Lu- we did like something with Lucy Hill and the set that we had designed with her all of a sudden was in people style watch. Um, like, I don't even know how the week, like, like, I don't know, end of November, beginning of December. So everyone wanted to get it for the holidays. Yeah. So like things like that, it would be get a lot. But we got done. My mom would help. Yeah. There's only one time that we ever had them made. Um, that we ever had them made like in a factory was we a uh, good morning America. No. Jill steals and deals. It was a steals and deal. One yeah, of them. Yeah. It was, it's, I don't know which them. one it was. Yeah. They put us on and like you sell, I mean, insane amounts. Was that effective? Never... It was effective in like a fast way to yeah. like make a lot of money. Um, they take a huge margin. Yeah. So that's also why we had to have them made mm-hmm. like overseas. It was, it worked. It was good. Like I don't, I mean, I, I wasn't like, 
I wasn't tracking anything back then either. Like, so it wasn't like I was like, are these people becoming, if I had to guess, I don't think they really became customers. And it was like a different kind of customer. So our customers buying these bracelets for a hundred dollars and they were like, someone who wanted to spend a hundred dollars on this, whatever these people were spending, like it was so cheap, but then they'd break and they'd freak out because they were like looking for a deal. It was like a different, so it was like, it was really cool and it was good while it um, happened. It was definitely exposed to a ton of people, but that was the only time we did something like that. That's such a lesson in like a target demographic. You have it for a reason. People do react very differently depending on their needs yeah, and depending on their ideal price point Mm -hmm. for like a gift or piece of jewelry. Yeah. So, okay, you, how long was Stony Clover just bracelets and when did you, and how did you pivot? So it was just bracelets. I have like the timeline always down perfectly. It was just bracelets until two years after I graduated college, I think. Well, so it was the beaded bracelets for the first like three years, four years. Then we started doing these like acrylic bracelets. Um, They were just an acrylic charm on fabric and the price point went down. And they were just like really fun. Mm-hmm. Like we did a thing once at Coachella. It was perfect for that. It was like arm candy was the hottest thing. So they were making yeah. these like cute little icons kind of similar now to our patches. Um, but in terms of like production of that, that was another story of like meeting the right person at the right time. Um, but we like had wanted to change. We wanted to pivot away from the beaded bracelets, stayed in the bracelets, but we weren't wearing the bracelets anymore. People would ask what I, what I did and I would tell them and they'd say, oh, let me see. But I had nothing to show them because I wasn't wearing them. And that's when I knew right. it was so time smart. to move on. Yep. Um, so we were doing these acrylic bracelets. They were really cute and I'm um, doing those for about, like two, three years. And then, then all of a sudden, well, so I've always been obsessed with like fun, cute designs. Mm-hmm. I love Hello Kitty. I love Disney. I like could shop in a kid's store. Like I just like like cutesy things. Mm-hmm. So I come across this girl on Instagram. Her name is Amanda and she was do- making like, customized sneakers but like so many people were doing the customized sneakers they were covered and looked like graffiti and whatever I wasn't into that Mm -hmm. Amanda's sneakers were so cool they were vans and she would make like three or four little icons on each one they were like chic and simple but like cute designs yeah like an updated better emoji and (laughs) so I see them and I'm like this is the cutest thing I've ever seen so I reach out to her on Instagram and I'm like oh my god I love your stuff like could you make some stickers for us I just want to like send stickers with our orders Mm -hmm. so I then find out Amanda's in high school um (laughs) She's still in college, I think, right now. So, like, she was, re- I mean, she was young. And, like, yeah. So, we would, she would design all these icons for us. We'd make stickers. She'd give me tattoos with them. And one day, I'm just, like, wandering around the city, like, probably, like, the garment district. And I see this place that's doing embroidery. And I'm, like, this is really cool. Like, I don't know what I want to do. But I, like, bring them six of the designs. And I'm, like, can you, like, make me a sample of what this would be in, like, these bright colors? And they're, like, yeah, sure. So we do that and I get it. And I'm like, this is so cool. But like, I don't know what to do with it. And I hang it up in my office and a couple months to go by and all of a sudden, like the personalization things getting big and patches and like stickers and big stickers and like everyone, a lot of people were doing like their version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look up and see these patches that I have, like they, were, they weren't exactly patches. They were like embroidered just on a piece of like fabric. And I'm like, let's make these into stickers. So I go back to the same place and I'm like, can you make these into patches with like an adhesive back? And I don't know if they, I don't think they could do it. So I found someone else who could. And we started with like six different designs. And to this day, they're some of the most popular, they have been some of the most popular designs. We just started selling, you know, we're doing the acrylic bracelets. We just start selling a few patches. 
just to like put on whatever. Like yeah, I showed them on a phone. Backpacks, I showed them on like yeah. bags, and people were buying. Like at the time, people were buying like Anya Hinmark stickers for like two hundred dollars and sticking them on like very nice bags. So people were buying ours as like the cheaper alternative. But people were putting them on Louis Vuitton bags and like Goyard bags mm. and like really expensive things. And I was like, if people are willing to buy this and they have this, like, why are we not doing the whole thing? Right. But we didn't know how to do that. But we knew, like, it was stupid to just be selling this. And the patches were selling are crazy. And we always wanted to do other things. We were doing, then we started doing, like, pouches, um, these pouches, but different than what we do now. Because we would go buy, we would go to the fabric stores. We would find fabric that we liked. We would then walk it over to this guy in the garment district. And have him sew, like hand sew them into pouches. And we would charge. I mean, I don't know exactly what it was. They were so expensive because. They were probably the, expensive for you to be right, making. The whole thing. It was like, who knows even knows like what, if we were making any money off of it. Like we yeah. just thought it was like a cute idea. And we knew we needed to be doing it again. The right person, the right place at the right time. We meet someone who can help us with our production. We start with one pouch. Does well. And keep adding more but backpack duffel the, it always said on the packaging like um they're adhesive if you want to make them permanent add a few stitches but we never thought to offer it ourselves mm-hmm. until somebody bought a backpack from us in the patches and she was like i took it to my tailor and had it sewn mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're like genius <laughs> um so we start if you bought a bag from us um online and you also bought patches we would email you and we'd be like oh my god we saw you got them like would you like to ask to have them sewn for you and every person would say yes uh. so we would walk to the tailor on the corner of the <laughs> block um and then we'd want a person working for us at the time um who's still with us but she we would go she's the one who would email the people and we'd go and we would do it and then we that's when it kind of started getting bigger yeah. so we Bloomingdale starts selling our stuff and Bloomingdale's wants us to do events in the store. And so we decide to offer the sewing. We find somebody to sew for us. They want your patches. They want the patches. And they want the bags. Have you phased out bracelets at this point? Um, we still had some acrylic bracelets. We were trying to figure out how to like make them differently and make them overseas. It never was like exactly what we wanted. We've, so we've kind of had them like on and off. So like, we still have them now actually. But like a different version. Yeah. So they kind of like go away. They're, they become like on the, they're on the back burner. Like yeah. we sort of still have them, but like, are people buying them? I don't know. Like not really. Right. Online because they're, we, but yeah, like we have them. They're not the focus. Yeah. You shift yeah. it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's what's smart is like, you have something that works. You saw your, you yourself weren't buying it or weren't wearing it yeah. so you test something and you learn from it and then you decide if you're gonna like project it onto the whole business yeah. you can't it's almost like you can't actively be like i'm going to pivot you no. have to let it naturally it's shift everything it's like i whenever i say the story i feel like i sound crazy because i'm like it really like happened this smoothly and like right people right place right time like when we started like mass produ- mass sort of mass producing and like using factories and stuff libby and i then had i mean we had like seven years of ideas in our head of things we want to do. So we not only made the bags, but we made pins and we made jewelry, other jewelry, necklaces and all these things. And the pouch, like everything else got phased out really quick because it wasn't like that wasn't right, but we just kind of had to get it out of our system. Right. And probably if, if one of the things, the other things had become big versus the pouches, maybe that's what it would have like 
you know, become. Right. But we, the pouches were just sewing like crazy. We end up, you know, hiring someone to do the sewing in our office, like two days a week, then three days a week. And then it, it becomes like in the beginning, it's easy to send someone an email and ask if they want to do it. And we'd send them a picture. Well, then it got to be too much. Like we're getting so many orders that we couldn't do it. So we, but it is like that for like two years. Yeah. a year and a half yeah until we launched like the customizer on our website but we like laugh about it now that we used to have someone who would literally email like How, where would you like them placed to the email picture they'd be like can you tilt that like and it would just go back and forth <laughs> yeah. and back and forth but oh, it God. had to that's so frustrating but it had to be like had that to, yeah because yeah. you to build out like a customization interface is like not an overnight thing no and it was a long process an expensive process but like was it the best thing we ever did 100 percent so when Bloomingdale's reached out to you, you were still in like a highly manual phase. They wanted like a line of your pouches and bags. Pouches and patches. And all of the stores at this time, this is when people are kind of like, oh no, like what do you do in retail? Like, you know, people like these like pop-ups and people like these like themed things. So all of the stores are making their own like quote unquote millennial shop. Mm -hmm. And so this is Bloomingdale's version. Every, literally every store had one. And every store then like reached out for us to be a part of this thing. I sold mats in several store and stores. Yep. yep. <laughs> like Nordstrom had their pop-in shop, I yep. think it was called. Mm -hmm. And like That's they right. changed yep. the theme and whatever. So Bloomingdale's version of this is called Sunset and Spring. And they wanted it to be there and they wanted it to be like a little different. We had never sold the patches and sets before. They wanted sets. We did it for them. And like we, I think we had a warehouse at this time, but it was strictly to store things. Like. They did not do anything beyond that. And Fran, um, who is the first, who's been with us for a long time, she was literally like, when you send an order to a department store, like usually it's coming straight from a factory. Like a person is not right. sitting in a little office, but Fran like literally was there packing every box for Bloomingdale's oh like gosh. with the, and there's so many rules of how you have to do it. That's we didn't, we had never done it. Yeah. And that's, we didn't know how else to do it. So like, that's they they wanted the stuff we needed to have Bloomingdale's calls you figure it out right and so I feel like that's like a phase where you are forced to take it seriously because other retailers are so stringent about rules yeah you have no choice and it kind of makes it makes your processes more legitimate mm -hmm. and then it makes it that much easier to sell in more and more and more places yeah. even though it's clunky when right. you start it yeah so do the Bloomingdale's store and stores do well I think we kind of learned there we've learned this a few times but sometimes like, you know, your product best. So mm -hmm. the patches they bought wouldn't have been necessarily the one like you're making these patches and they're taking from things you already make. So like, of course you stand behind your designs, but the way they put them together, would I have done that initially? Probably not. We had never sold patches and sets. We still have never sold patches and sets except for like two different times around holidays. Mm. Um, They put them in sets and like, they didn't not, they did well. It's just like, if I were to say, here are our strongest things, that's not what they sold. Right. Um, yeah. And it's also hard, like with our stuff, it works when you have like a lot of options mm -hmm. and when you really narrow it down, it's kind of hard. Um, so we would see such success when we would go do our events there though, because we would bring letters and we'd bring such a wide assortment of patches. And like the stores always like underestimate yeah. what's going right. to happen when you come in. So like we would do these events all the time in Bloomingdale's and like they would give us what they wanted. And we'd be like, I'm telling you, you need more. Like you need more pouches. That's not enough. And they'd be like, no, no, because they, they'd want to like err on the side of caution. Right. 
And we would go and do these events and they'd sell out of A's within the first hour. Well, then someone who has an A name, (laughs) then they're going to say they're going to turn around and they're not going to get them. But like it was kind of I sometimes I was like happy they um, didn't over because they could see the like we'd be like, oh, sorry, like, you know, we sold out. But like we would have had three times the amount of people if we had had, you know. Right. Told you so. Yeah. So (laughs) what we see and that's kind of how like our wholesale has grown or developed like over time is like we know what works like you need to have an assortment like you can't just buy one pouch in three colors and like three patches like it's not gonna it, it might do well but like it doesn't tell the story right in the same way of like having options and assortment and like that's why it works well and I think that um you communicate that really nicely through what I think a lot of people probably recognize you guys from now which is the uh in, like the volume of influencer marketing you do and then the volume of product you send within it and that I think you you knew going into that they're gonna show it because like bloggers love a flat lay people love like a beautiful aesthetic thing to post and then when they can show the variety of what you have it it is telling a story way more than a singular makeup pouch ever could exactly and I know like if we send them one pouch what are they gonna show it probably not like it doesn't right it's cute and like you know people when we work with a lot of brands who will then buy our stuff and they send like their product in it. So if it's coming full of makeup, yeah, they're probably going to show it. But if we're just sending them one pouch, are they necessarily going to like be as feel as strongly as it feel as strongly talking about it? Right. No. And it also like, will look at what the person, you know, likes. do they like bright colors? Do they like light colors? Do they like neutrals? Like, do they only use black? Do they have and kids? Exactly. Find like the names of things they like their kids, their pets and like make it super personal to them. That's what I think you're brilliant at because And that's what I think a big part of your secret sauce is, is that from the beginning, your strength in marketing was largely that you were fans of the type of person you were trying to target, of the fans of the people you're trying to target. And even now, like I know you and I both, we like lurk and so many people. And like, I know what these people like, don't like organically, just because I follow and I care. And I think that that speaks, people like obsessively share your stuff because they're like, Oh, they feel like they, you know them because mm-hmm. it's personalized. Right. It's supposed to be self-expressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it like boggles my mind. Like, I think it was, um, Danny Austin who we sent her stuff in like one of the pouches fed wig stuff. Um, yes, I and love she that. like said something like she couldn't believe it was like super personal. She like, loved it. And I'm like, what, like how has, how have a hundred brands not uh, look agreed. known to do that? Right. So it's like, it's just like crazy. It's like we take the time, I guess, because we know. But I also know, like, I see when some uh, when an influencer, anybody, even if it's just like a person who's ordered, if they're speaking on their story and talking about the product, it's going to translate so much better than just a photo. So when I see certain influencers who they only show a photo of the stuff they're gifted, I'm less likely to send it to them because it's not going to like, it's not going to have the same impact when someone like that we send someone something. And they do like six or seven stories. Well, that like, you know, pays it off in yeah, spades. Yeah. So you're saying you, you look before to see how they unbox and talk about other brands yeah. before you send it to them? Not always, but a lot of times. Yeah. We've, as we, I'd say up until very recently, every person we've sent stuff to has either reached out to us or I'd be someone that I knew like we needed to send to because yeah. I'd see whatever. For the most part, though, really actually until even like three months ago, we were only sending things for the most part to people who reached out to us. 
Interesting. And follow, or followed us. I would yeah. go through with followers every day um, and look who follows us and see who follows us, see if anyone was big and DM them. Big. I noticed if you followed us, would love to send you stuff. Um, and there used to be a website. This actually like started a lot of it. There used to be a website. Instagram like changed a lot of their stuff so it doesn't work anymore. But you could go and you could see your most followed followers, your... <laughs> All I want. They got rid of their API. Yeah. yeah. All I want is to sort the people that follow yeah. me by their number. So I saw all of these people that I didn't know followed us. And from like girl, like gym, like Olympic gymnasts, like Nastia Lukin and like Sean Johnson and like, um, just they, that, there's such random people that I just remembered, but like just yeah. all different people who I then like with big followings that I'd reach out to. So you might not necessarily have thought to target. No, never. And they were already a fan. So like they were already, I hate the word fan, but like they were already following us. They clearly liked the product. Some of these people were following us. They only followed 200 people. We're one of them. So like if they, just because they hadn't ordered themselves and some of them have ordered themselves, we've gotten like, I'll see a name pop up and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe that like this person just found us, went online and just placed an order. Like that's the coolest thing to me. But um, reaching out to these people and then we started reaching out because we're like, okay, at a certain point you have to like expand. Right. But that I, it's just so like, I, was there a point to, I feel like Instagram unboxing and gifting is kind of like very the past two years. Did you from the get go see like an opportunity as like that being your primary form of advertising? Because if I'm correct, you've never spent money on traditional no, advertising. Never. So what ha I always knew. Okay. Like we are our customer. So like I know I buy things all the time from Instagram and see things like I'm yeah. so easily influenced. I have the same Amazon sunglasses you do. Like <laughs> I like, you know, Libby bought the shorts like because you were posting Amazing. about them. So I knew it worked, but for, I don't know with like the current influencers, I hadn't really sent stuff. Maybe I didn't know how exactly to like reach the right people, but we sent stuff there. There is. Okay. Now let's try to remember this. Okay. Two years ago. We, I meet some girls who are, were from the, on the bachelor. Uh -huh. And I also send stuff to Ariel Charnas for the first time. Uh -huh. And this is when we had just come out with denim. Our denim was like the hottest thing. And Lauren Bushnell posts the denim duffel. She went to revolve in the Hamptons and she posts the duffel in her closet. You can see the duffel. And I'm reading through the comments and all of the comments on her revolve closet full of clothes are about mm, where's, that, where's duffel that, from? that duffel. Where's the duffel? Yeah. And then send to Ariel and she posts in like the most organic way didn't do an unboxing she's showing Ruby's closet and she's like oh this is like Ruby's tote or whatever it was that changes everything Ruby changes everything Ruby, Ruby is the biggest when influencer I say, like it I saw all of a sudden then I saw the like insanity from these influencers yes, and just absolutely. how much influence Ruby Blue has but <laughs> It was insane. It was totally, totally, totally insane. And so we knew that we had to be like reaching out to more people and we had to like be doing it because the tote sold out and right. everyone was emailing Ruby's us. Ruby's tote. Ruby's tote. Was everyone, it a kid's tote? No, it was just the denim tote. And they were just, she used, was using it for her. We sent it with her ah. initials on it. And people were emailing us and they were like, I, like, I want that exact tote change the initials. They didn't want to change one thing about it. And so... It just uh, people wild. wanted the same duffel as Laura and they wanted the same tote as Ruby. And so you see like 
I, I knew it was big and we had sent things to people, but it wasn't the same. That was when it really, really like was crazy. And also every time we would have like someone posted about something once you got a lot of followers or sometimes you'll get a lot of followers and like people learn about the brand. But especially when you see these people talking about it over and over, I think that like, especially we're not paying them. Not right. the people don't necessarily know that we're not paying them, but we're not um, or their followers. But when you see them talking about something a few times, you're like, okay, maybe I should check this out. So like, that's also cool when someone, you know, we send things to people a few times and they post every single time. Yeah. They don't have to do that. Right. Um, and that like, I think their followers then think it's genuine, which more, it is more genuine. Like, and when you see like people, I, I get sent like a ton of stuff and I'm irrelevant. And so like <laughs> these people are getting so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if you see a picture of their closet and they have like six of your pouches in it, you're like, Oh my God, like they actually, want to use it right or like they're using and even if they're not tagging you but it's like really cool like you see they're carrying the duffel how many duffel like i'm sure they could get sponsored by like every high-end duffel in the right. world and so that's like where it's like okay they're actually using it you need to be reaching out they're using it because they like it and then they're posting it and these people genuinely like the brand we need to find more people like this right it's so smart i mean i just think people really overthink um, marketing and influencer outreach and all these things. And these companies, at least the brands I've talked to, they're obsessive about copy. They're obsessive about how you share it. They're, they make you feel like shit. Like, you know, they're, you should be so lucky that they're giving you right. something or paying you a small amount. Whereas in what you're doing, A, I've told you so many times, like it's, I think it's such a smart product because in the accessories realm, it's like high-end designer. It's like these things that are very quintessential. Like, you know exactly what you are when they see them. But if you're not that designer brand, what you can be is something that means something to someone. Mm. And by through personalization yeah. and self-expression, people are sharing them because it's like, it's like for their daughter. Right. It's, it's for it's a patch about where they live or a place they love. Like it's their initials. I think that's so brilliant. But also the fact the the thing of gifting and gifting well is you have to incur the risk of people that aren't that aren't going to share. But yeah. if you do it right and the packaging's right and the personalization's right. There's no way they aren't going to because they want to thank you because it actually means something right. to them once again. It's, I can probably count on one hand the people we've sent things to that, that, that haven't posted. That's what I was going to ask you if like there was a percentage, but probably like less it's than five. very small, which is crazy. That is crazy. Someone told me one time and I re-said this to them. They told me I like skewed what they said, but it stuck. They said, if you're not going to pay for someone to post, your product has to arrive on a unicorn their front door with balloons and a hot like whatever it is looking being so absurd they have no choice not to post hmm. if you can create like a moment for them because that's their whole life is about showing off these cool things so it's like if you're giving them something so amazing like right they want everyone to see it but even a step further because i'd argue now there's like this whole um air of wastefulness as it mm -hmm. relates to promotional products and like when my friend jessica who's a blogger was on here she was saying like one time this like like mobile like hanger thing of like secret deodorants shows yeah. up at her door and she's like what, right, what right, is right. this and then everyone else has it and yeah. it's not special what's so cool is that even if you're sending products to every single person it's special to who they are right. so it's not like they've lost interest because right. everyone's got one yeah i think i first saw like the foster sisters share mm -hmm. them because i'm obsessed with them yeah. and um they're amazing because, yeah, well, and I think you realize, too, there's like celebrities that sometimes don't move the needle because people just assume their stuff isn't affordable and they don't need affiliate commission. Yeah. 
And then there's influencers. Then there's kind of the in-betweens. And I think the Fosters are a great example of people who push product, but also are like more traditional celebrities. There's like such a, it's so interesting too, because like there's certain people who might, um, there's certain people who might do like get translate to a lot of sales. Certain people who are like that are um, like jewelry accounts that mm-hmm. post our stuff. So like they use their stuff to travel or like they become a personality like Stephanie Gottlieb. Okay. So a, ju- a jewelry account like a Stephanie Gottlieb or something, people are following for like the aspirational like diamonds and everything like that. So when you're posting a pouch that's under $100, but you're following because of like the thousands of dollar jewelry, it's like, okay, I can afford this. And so point. it might move the needle a ton in sales there. Um, but then you also could get somebody that may not move the needle in terms of sales, but then they see it from this person they follow and they see it from this person they follow and they see it from a jewelry account and a celebrity and an influencer and everything in between. And so then it just becomes second nature to them. They know Stony Clover and maybe they're not looking for it that day, but all of a sudden six months later, they need something like, Oh, right. I remember that brand that I've seen a million places and I've heard about it from a million different people. So I think it also like just helps sometimes like legitimize what it is or what we're doing or something, because someone will say to me, like my friends or people I know, like I've been doing this for a while. Like they've known I've been doing this for a while, but all of a sudden in the last like two years, when all of these people are posting, everyone's like, Oh my God, like we see you you everywhere. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, like I'm doing the same thing I was doing, (laughs) but like these other people are just posting about it. So like, that's the one difference. And it, all of a sudden people think it's like a totally different, you've moved up a level. Right. But it's the exact same the thing. Exact same always thing. You doing. just have a few more people posting about it. Um, are you, well, okay. So the, you moved, obviously you've scaled up, you have, you know, an office, a production process, all of that now, but you also ventured into like actual brick and mortar retail, which I think is incredible and insane (laughs) from what I know it's just like brick and mortar is just struggling so much but your brand is actually experiential yeah so how'd you decide to open your Palm Beach location so this is where like Libby really comes in Libby always I mean Libby always wanted to like open a store I mean when we were little we used to play store all the time like I mean, so did everyone probably but like we needed a store yeah um Libby felt very strongly about the pop-ups and so she wanted to open a store and she wanted to open a store in Palm Beach. We knew we wanted to open a store in Palm Beach, but Libby felt like super, super strongly about this. And so they, this plaza in Palm Beach, um, we grew up in Palm Beach. That's why we felt so strongly about wanting to open there and spend a lot of time there still. So this plaza in Palm Beach had recently been like redone and it was the hot spot. And we knew that's where we knew we needed to be. And so we had known someone who was doing um, the leasing there. We told them and they, you know, a couple months later reached out to us and they'd said, we had no plan also. So this is just like literally like we should open a store. Um, So we reach out to them. They reach out a couple of months later. They have the space. They showed us the space. We're like, nope, not right. And it's not a big plaza, but we knew it just wasn't the right space. And then last summer, July, maybe they reach out and they tell us this space they have available. And we're like, yep, need it. Like 100 percent. We have to do it. And we know Palm Beach. We knew we wanted the store. Part of the reason we wanted to be in Palm Beach, beyond that we're from there and everything, like we wanted to feel like a destination. Everyone would expect that we're going to open. If we're opening a store, we're opening it in New York. Um, But we didn't want that. We wanted to be special. We wanted to be like something you're in the store and you feel like you have to post because you can't believe that you're like at the Stony Clover Mm, store. Yes. Um, A lot of people spend part of their year there, mm -hmm. but not all. Yeah. And so we knew we needed to be open by Thanksgiving and we were like, very 
crazy about that. We were like, if we're not opening Thanksgiving, if we can't be open by Thanksgiving, this makes no sense because it's also, it's a seasonal place. Um, so we decided to open the store and we like had a vision and it's kind of like, it feel like you're on vacation. It's kind of like a surfy beachy vibe to the store. And we have someone sewing there almost every day, if not every day, depending on the time of year. Um, and you're able to come in and you customize and we have people coming in. It, it was crazy. I mean, the store is a not, not a big store in Palm Beach. And we would have like over Christmas girls working there and me and Libby would go work there and there'd be like eight people working at once. And it wasn't enough people to help everybody. That's crazy. And people were coming every day. They were coming to hang out. They were coming, they would make a bag and then they'd see their friend's bag and they'd come back and make another bag because they wanted that one. They'd bring their friends the next day and then they'd make three more bags. Like, it was crazy. Like we knew it would be successful. We did. Did we know how successful it'd be? I don't think so. It was, a, it's the busiest store in the plaza since day That's one amazing. and to this day. That's so crazy. There it's, it's insane, but it's also the store, the plaza where, and there's an Hermes and there's a YSL store and there's Danny Bros. There's also Lululemon, but it's like a very high end shopping place, um, shopping plaza. And so, we provide the like same um, guest experience as, or we try. Um, that's the goal to provide like a super high end guest experience with at a different price point. So you still feel really special and you still feel like you're having this amazing experience. But like, if you're just coming to Palm Beach for the day, you're not buying something at Hermes. You could still buy, come and buy something at our store, or, like feel good having like a fun shopping experience. Yeah. Um, so it's something for everybody. So we have people come in and they've spent their day in Hermes come in with 10 shopping bags and they buy something. And then we have someone who hasn't bought anything comes in and buy something. Yeah. So it's also such like, we have a wide variety of different guests coming in. Yeah. I mean, that's like incredible. Cause well, I, it's funny too, because as a, as I listen to you kind of talk like through, you know, right place, right time, this, that a little bit of luck. It's like, no, you have gumption. You like get shit done. Like you, like what high schooler, the like recent college student is like, yeah, we're going to go to LA and we're going to open a pop-up shop, a lease an apartment. <laughs> oh, da, da, da. Oh, we're going to go to Beverly yeah. Hills. And we're gonna, like, nobody does that. Right. Like, so I think that you need to give yourself some credit. And I appreciate that you maybe, you know, don't <laughs> see it as being other than happenstance, but like all these moves are very ballsy. It's ballsy to reach yeah. out to, like, from day one to give Taylor Swift a bracelet to now to be opening a store in East Hampton this past summer yeah. and it be the busiest store in East Hampton. I mean, like these are moves that people do tentatively that they have a lot of fear surrounding right. and that you guys worked really hard to build yourselves up to a certain point of brand equity to where you probably knew to a degree that it would do fine. Yeah. And it's, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they want all these things to happen now. Yeah. They like start a brand, start a shop, da da da. But like yours was it's built and yeah. it's, you know, I'm sure at times felt like more of a slow burn, but now you're just like crushing it. And I think it's because of these very deliberate decisions you made along the way that maybe you didn't realize were as strategic as they are because you're kind right. of a natural entrepreneur. <laughs> we just like knew what we were doing. Like we just yeah. knew what we wanted, but we were always like, yeah, to say like we sort of stumbled into Stony Clover in the business, it's true. But we always had this like business mind, like in high school, middle school, probably we were selling like button earrings we were just making or like we draw pictures and we try to sell them. Like we always yeah. wanted to turn whatever we were doing into like a business. I, I mean, I've never worked for anybody else. I've done, we actually like throughout college and after I graduated, did some like consulting for like 
so random never talked about it but like Libby and I designed like a Victoria Justice line of crafts that sold at Toys R Us like a private label thing <laughs> we've so done random. like yeah um I told them to get Taylor Swift as the person and he didn't think Taylor Swift was big enough and chose Victoria Justice um yeah but <laughs> um like it was just like it's all we've known but we know yeah we, we know what we're doing like we've gone i always say like the best thing we did was not make a business plan because we would have given up we mm. would have i i have no i know i've know a lot about business from learning it as they've gone but i took one business class in college i took econ and i dropped out mm-hmm. like i have no business background i was a sociology major and a jewish studies minor <laughs> i <laughs> like but we we know what works for us we jumped right in we have big ideas and we like figure out how to make them happen well that's i mean i've always said people that too like you you know yeah i have a business degree and i was in business before but nothing could prepare you yeah and it's almost the point where you need your expectations managed that it is like fly by the seat of your pants because it's just a lot of work and it's complicated but if you have the energy for it because it's an extension of you. Yeah. You just care. Right. You but, Yeah. You care, but it's also, you care and you care more than anybody will ever, ever, ever yes. care. And that's what you can't find within yourself working for somebody else's yeah. business. Right. So I, that's what I think is so interesting about talking to entrepreneurs is like, you almost have the, you, through your business, you've tapped into a side of yourself that a lot of people don't get to, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, being so fundamentally intertwined with it, with a thing you're selling that, you you are working your absolute maximum hardest. Like you're almost yeah. like fulfilling potential in a way because if you don't, no one else is going to. Right. And I think that that when you have that, it speaks volumes because that is to me better than a business plan. Should I do you need to be organized? Yeah, but I think that there's something so magical about how things work when you don't need them to. Yeah. So you you this year after your success in the Palm Beach store, you decided to open a store in East Hampton. Yeah. So everyone is kind of like, where are you opening next? What are you doing next? Um, we go to the Hamptons in the summer. We love the Hamptons. And so many people who are in Palm Beach go to the Hamptons and our customer, a huge majority of our customers in New York. Um, and again, we didn't want to open in the city next. And so we kind of were like, did we ever when we open the store expect six months later to open a second? No. And then we, it was so successful. We had to. Um, well, and you kind of probably worked out a lot of the kinks that you could repeat the model. We figured, I don't think we'll ever work out all of the kinks. <laughs> Um, it's, it's because Libby and I care so much and are so invested. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But it's, it's like a little crazy because we're, it's like you hear one person say one thing and we're like, oh, we want to change the way that we're speaking and saying that like we're in there, we're watching, we're seeing the guests, we're speaking to the guests. And so like, you might get, I might get an idea. Like I might be talking to someone. I'm like, oh, I want everyone to say this. I want everyone to do this. Like we're just, it's always changing, like always evolving and we're so in it, but Opening Sampson was the best thing we ever did. But after really? opening Palm Beach, it was amazing. And it was like, thought you really get to interact. I mean, I spent almost every weekend of the summer I've been in the Hamptons, except for like three. And I probably spent almost every single one of those weekends in the store. And I'm either observing or interacting. And you just learn so much. You get to meet people. I've met like incredible people just from being in the store um, and talking to them. And like you, you get to meet the people who've maybe never bought from you or who've been buying from you for years. Right. Um. So it's just like, that's really cool. That's what I love about you guys is you probably are at the, sa- at the point where you could be phoning a lot more of it in, but you actively choose not to because you're right. There is so much to learn from like boots on the ground, like interaction with your customers. Yeah. 
you still you run the Stony Clover Instagram yourselves. Yep. You respond yep. to DMs yourself, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I would imagine you guys get a lot of DMs. Yeah, it's like I just don't. There's it's we let I've learned to let people do the things that I'm not good at or I don't like to do. Yes. But beyond that, like we're 110% involved. So yeah, from everything from being in the stores because we care so strongly about those or the DMs. Like I gave two years ago, we had like an agency do our Instagram for a little while and I spent more time like policing. Yeah. Like being like, (laughs) I don't like this. Do this, do this, do this. You are not doing this correctly that I took. We took it back and Libby and I are the only two people. Yeah. Who go on the Instagram. We answer all the DMs. A lot of them. It's a lot. As much as you can. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I am they're like ninety-eight percent. So I'm not of that them. Good. Um no, and I'm like, and I'm always on my phone and people are always say like you answer so fast. And I'm like, I it drives me crazy if there's notifications. So like I will literally if you <laughs> honestly I haven't looked at my phone since we started recording this, but like that's probably the longest I haven't been on my phone today. Yeah. And so like as soon as we're done, I'm gonna answer any DMs that are sitting there. So I just hate not having it. Everyone, everyone says, I can't believe you answered so fast. Oh my God, this customer service. I'm like, I can't imagine not. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, yeah. and I also don't mind it. Well, I think um, it, it's a funny thing where when I, there, the conventional wisdom is to feel bad about being on your phone. When you run a business that is centered on social media, being on your phone is work. Yeah. Being on Instagram is yeah. work. For, not in a bad way, but no. like, you, it does have a huge chunk of my day is engaging on there and yeah. to what another person would think was like me wasting time. Yeah. But it's like such an, it's like the most important thing I right. do. Yeah. And you guys will like, cause what's cool too is your customers are very engaged in like your offering, mm-hmm. your product offering yeah. and like what's next and stuff. Are people trying to get free stuff a lot? <laughs> people will try to get free stuff after an influencer post. Yeah. So do people, people do reach out like all the time, but then if an, someone big posts, then we get a ton of them because they're seeing, they're like, how do I get on your PR list? I want to, you know, they might. People like, just straight up say, how do I get on your PR list? How do I get on your PR list? Those Can are you balls add me to I your don't PR have. list? Um, I really surprise. feel like you're getting sent your stuff is kind of like this weird stamp of like approval or like, I feel like it's, 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 if not already on its way to being like somewhat of a status symbol of like getting your whole like bevy of stony clover (laughs) things that like now from now here on out, whenever I like do a makeup thing or whenever I'm on a plane, like what's so smart too is the stuff you're giving people are the things they're using in shareable moments, which makes it inherently multiply. Right. Well, so the one thing that is kind of weird though, is it's a lot of stuff that's inside other bags. So unless Mm. they're using a duffel, most likely it's not going to be like in a post on their feed. Uh, or something like that it's it very could be story in a flat centric. Way, right which is totally fine um and i but it's it is sometimes weird because to see who's used our stuff you can see they're not faces not necessarily in it right but it's their voice and they're talking about it or you can see like their instagram name yeah in the screenshot um right it's like a packing thing it's wow, I peep my makeup. It's showing a tour of their bathroom. That story is so much more effective though than posts, at least for some things. No, I think it's more effective. You also see, like I started doing a story on our thing. It was like right when the story kind of started. I didn't know what like you were supposed to do with it. Yeah. And I showed how I pack. I love when you show how you pack. I haven't stopped, but it's like people love it. They want, they get ideas. Like you see the small pouch that someone like assumes is for makeup i use a small pouch for makeup and five thousand other things i keep my chargers in one i keep my medicine in one i put one on the plane because i used to forget headphones every time i traveled and i'd buy them at the airport every single time so i kept a <laughs> pouch that said plane with everything i would need on the plane and it's always packed and like i see people recreating these things that i've 
um, shown them. And like, that's really cool too. Cause it's like, I wasn't, I used to not, I used to be very unorganized. And this is like, help me. So people say I'm not organized. Like it's not going to work. And I'm like, just try it. Yeah. Because I like, I used to forget everything. I don't forget anything anymore. I don't forget. I used to forget medicine every time. Well, I have a pouch that has the little first aid thing on it. And I know if I'm missing it, I know I'm missing something. It's so smart too. Like, especially in this like Marie Kondo hyper-organized era where like everyone's pantries, like, you know, their cereals yeah. and clear things. And it's labeled like that sort of aesthetic yeah. beauty of being organized is one thing, but also like whenever I think about traveling, traveling, I love traveling. Traveling doesn't overwhelm me. Packing does. Yeah. I hate packing. Right. Because I'm like, I forget half the things I need. Yeah. But if you, I almost think people should like, it's brilliant to have like a second set of everything you use and to just have never it, yeah. take it out. Yeah. And that's like the only, I mean, that would be like life changing. Cause right. for me, it's mostly like, yeah, the little things, the toiletries, cosmetics, yeah. the wires or the cords, whatever. Right. But when you have your plane pouch and then you have two pouches in your pouch, one's like the RX mm-hmm. thing. And then one's yeah. the like electronics. Right, it's hope. so cute. In my purse right now, I literally have. Yes. <laughs> my first aid on. Yeah. With my medicine. And what's great and too. And obviously you guys need to check them out at Stony Clover on Instagram and stonycloverland.com. The, it's they're these really high quality, beautifully colored uh, nylon pouches and bags and they have other stuff too but like with this really um heavy duty gold hardware it's not like clunky but meaning like it's sturdy it's like really high quality it feels yeah. like a nice handbag yeah. it's not like the crap you buy at marshall's right it they're so beautiful people one of the things people at dm is they'll be like why is it so expensive which is like that's such a weird question i that like that makes me really uncomfortable like, too oh now but i'm considering like, everything well, thank you for this message right. well it's also <laughs> like we we have like a buildable price point so like, yeah. yes, you could definitely make a bag that's really expensive. You can also buy a bag plane. You can add one patch. Like there's so many different ways to go about it. And there's different price points. But like then, so I get those DMs and I'm kind of like, ugh, like I hate answering this. And like, it's such a weird question, like whatever. And I'm not changing, our, we're not changing our prices. But then I get another DM for every one of those. We get five DMs saying the quality is amazing. I can't believe it. It feels like my Prada nylon pouch. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so nice. I, those are what I'm like, okay, like that counter acts like the annoyance that I feel sometimes right. when someone's like criticizing the price or cri- whatever it is. But it's like when people appreciate the quality, like that's one thing we, I mean, people requested like a tote, have requested a tote because we had this denim tote and we stopped it for a little while and like request the tote all the time, all the time. And like, you think a tote is so easy to make for whatever reason we were sampling so many totes and every time we're like, this quality feels like a gift with purchase or, um, this feels like we can't sell this. So Mm -hmm. like, it would be easy to just be like, okay, here's a tote. People want the tote, but we won't do, we refuse to do that. Like it has to be, you're waiting until it's right. Yeah. It has to be just right. We now have totes coming out, but it has to be like, we would have to want to carry it. Like we have to want to actually use it and we have to like, like the quality. It has to be the same quality that everyone knows to expect. Right you don't have to be everything to everyone. And I think that's a big yeah. obstacle people run into. It's like, there's such a thing as a, like a premium product at a premium price point yeah. for a certain audience. And that's why different tiers of brand exist. That's why brands have their different labels that yeah. sell different th- types of products. But with yours too, it's like in doing that sort of quality control, you're also like built, you know, in, maybe inadvertently building up, buzz and like excitement because a lot of your stuff comes out as limited edition because you're kind of custom making it and probably do have limited quantities but like your summer drop like of the straw like those were incredibly popular yeah Yeah. but that that's kind of a different material than you usually work with yeah i think the nylon's like our core and then we kind of go off from there so 
even it started, it started with a nylon pouch. And then we did more colors and whatever. And then we did some patent leather and we did some denim, whatever. But the nylons always stayed the core of what we're doing. Yeah. And so that that's why, like, earlier this year, in March, we introduced, like, our 15 colors, custom colors. And you could get so many different bags in all of the colors. So up until that point, even from us or, like, most brands, you could only get a matching, like, travel set in black. And right, even we were right. we were even doing like the most things in black and we're like that's not black is one of our most popular colors 100%. But so are, so is pink. Like our flamingo pink mm-hmm. and like our periwinkle. Um so we decided to make it started with 15 colors and seven products and you could get so you could get a matching set if you wanted to or you could do mix match or you could do whatever you wanted. But so that's like and we we keep adding products to that but they're coming in all the colors. And so that's like right now the core of what we're doing. Will we add other things? Of course, like the woven was seasonal. Um, and we'll probably like have more newer woven things, and like we might bring back patent, and we have velvet coming out for fall. Ooh, um, I'm excited. Yeah, but like no one knows that yet. Um, <laughs> Heard but, it here first. But like, so we'll have different things. But like the nylon, people are like saying to us, they're like, oh, like when's your, when are your fall colors coming out? I'm like, no, these are these are seasonal. Like yeah. this is not. This is who we are. Like we're not. We've tried to do things in the past, kind of early on. We tried to do like wintry holiday things and it did not work. Yeah. Like we're, that's not who we are. We're bright, happy, like colorful people. And there are neutral colors in what we're doing. But, and we are coming out with some things that are more fall, but like we're not reinventing who we are in the wheel because that's every time we've tried to do that, which is not that many times, but a few times we've tried to do something that we think we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not successful. Um, wait, so to loop back really fast, why yeah. won't you open a city location? It, I'm sure it will come. Yeah. Um, it's more like that's it's so expected and that's just not how we wanted to start it. Yeah. Um, I think we also definitely want to work out some more of the kinks before that yeah. because, you know, a busy store in Palm Beach and a busy store in East Hampton is not a busy store in New York City. Right. Um, but again, we want them to feel like a destination. We want them to feel like you're like True. escaping and... Can we create that in New York? Definitely. The pop-up model might be cool for that. Yeah. I don't know. There's like, we have a lot of different ideas. We have a lot of different ideas of places we want to open. Yeah. A lot. Um, Someone the other day, they were like giving me advice. They smart person. And she was just like the first, I was like giving tongue all these places we want to open. And she said, she was like, drop all of those open New York run. Don't walk. Like you've got to do it. Um, And so like we take that and like, I agree with that, but also, have to like do it our own way i think so well you've learned like everything you've said you're kind of like yeah we knew this was a little bit untraditional but it worked for us like i think yeah there's a balance of taking counsel but also following your arrow in a sense to quote casey musgraves (laughs) Um, we also have like because now where we've been people say okay like are you going to aspen next like or um nantucket next summer totally so it's like yeah so and not to say we won't go to those places, but it's kind of like now people are expecting it. So we had right. the people come, you know, they were in Palm Beach and then they went to the Hamptons and now they're in Aspen. So they're like, are you coming with us? Right. Um, but then there's a whole other like of that premium customer that's like maybe a little less global, but they're in like the Charleston Hilton mm-hmm. Head, like kind of vacation yeah. destinations that are affluent yeah. in the South. And yeah, that's- there's like, I mean, there's so many people and like places that were not tapped into also yeah and it's again because there was no plan and like we started with the influencers like when we sent our most recent like 
people we send out to, we are trying to be like, they're still influencers. So people, a lot of people know, but like they might be a little bit different, like than the New York girl or the LA girl, because there are so many other people who would love our stuff. And so that's been the other thing is like, since this has been such a evolution of me and Libby and like, just makes total sense to who we are. Mm -hmm. We've up until this point, that's who we've sent to the people we follow, the people we love, the people we know, et cetera, et cetera, the people we want to have our stuff. But then it's like, okay, now we've gotten to this point where I can't think like all the people I wanted to have our stuff have it or like use it or whatever. And that's like reaching into these other types of people, these other markets, these other whatever they are and finding people in those places. To go back to what you just said, do you have like a dream influencer or like a celebrity or person like you would die if they posted about it? Um, <laughs> recently, Rachel Parcell. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. Um, I think she listens to this. <laughs> hey. Um, no, she, well, she, her kids are so freaking adorable. Right. It, what, what I can't, there's, who would it be? Or even like, yeah, celebrity, like a non-influencer. I mean, like, I guess if, already had Taylor if, Swift. If, if Taylor used a duffel and had Taylor and Rainbow, I would die. Because your branding is right lover. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my favorite people that I'm obsessed with in the entire world are never caring Stony Clover, but it's Mary Kate and Ashley, and so like, oh right, totally. I mean, I'm I, I kind of probably like so is everybody, but like obsessed. Um, Still, like with oh, them as they are now, know, like they can do no wrong. I'm I literally I met them a few years ago and like. I can't I couldn't like I can't couldn't speak could I've never it, been starstruck my, my question life. is could they speak <laughs> yeah they were so they were really were nice, they nice? Okay, so this is gonna sound so psychotic but like like I've loved them since like I before people like knew people didn't tag they're like they couldn't tag the Instagram didn't exist like glam squads and people but I was obsessed with Mary Kate and Ashley and my aunt knew this and my aunt lived in LA and I went to LA and I got my hair cut from the people who <laughs> did their hair okay in what this era zigzag part flip on the bottom oh so, so like was, two of the kind billboard dad yeah like, prime, like i don't passport know to Paris. Yeah, yes Got okay it. so then i ha- take a picture with the hairdresser i have it on my phone okay i've always been like i need to meet them i need to meet them i need to meet them but like where am i ever gonna see them in my life so then one day when i live in new york i decide i'm gonna put the picture just like in a folder in my phone in case i ever meet them and i need to show them i'm gonna have it easily accessible psychotic then, okay, then I, like, throughout my life, I've had, like, dreams of meeting them. And sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they're mean. Sometimes they ignore me. So but it's, like, you know when people say, like, don't meet? What do they say? Like, heroes. You, you can't. Like, okay. So then one day, my cousin texts me, and she's getting her hair cut or something where I go also, and they're there, both of them. In L.A. or New York? In New York. And I run on over, freaking out. She's getting her hair. My cousin's getting her hair washed. She's like, come sit with me. I come sit with her. They're getting their hair washed next to her. Okay? So you're just pretending like you, your cousin wanted yeah, company. I had to go sit with her. She was getting married like the next week. And I was like, I have to see her. So I'm wandering. And they were I'm, both like, there. Out. Okay. I'm, now I'm going to sound like the worst, like obsessed, obsessed person. I don't remember which one of them was getting their hair done. I think I blocked the whole thing out. <laughs> one of them was getting their hair done. One of them was sitting with each other. I like, but I'm very charmed that they're friends yes. and they go to oh, this stuff together. They were like ta- talking all the time. So I'm like sitting That's there being so a sweet. psychopath. And I'm like, they clearly can tell that I'm like, watching that like that girl's blinking a oh lot. like uh, whatever <laughs> and then i like basically i'm convinced to figure out that they're kind of almost done so i go i'm like my cousin like bye and i go and sit by the um by the exit and i wait for them to leave obviously and this is like also i would not go up to someone but i have to go up to them i'm also like i 
these are like like two years ago like i've never seen them ever heard of anyone seeing them whatever so i go up to again don't remember which one (laughs) i go up to one of them and i'm like i know everyone probably says this to you but um i've loved you guys forever i like i'm so inspired by everything you do blah 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 and i'm like i have to tell you a funny story i'm just like okay and i'm (laughs) like so and i tell them how i go to their hair person and I'm like, either this is going to creep them out so much or like I'm setting myself apart from every girl who's like, oh, I love you. Like, no, and they I were really like, love so she you. was dying. They were not. Di- she was like, oh, my God. I think it- if I was talking to Ashley, she was like, Mary Kate, like, look at this. Like, oh, my God. They opened their row store in this where the salon was in L.A. Oh. So they're like, oh, my God, what was the guy's name? And they're like, trying to remember. And they took a picture with me. It was the worst picture. Of it. it was a horrific picture. But like. I couldn't, I was like, oh my God, like they were nice. I set myself apart. They probably, they like, they were like smiley and nice and cute. They just seemed so like sallow. They were normal and like, I hope I never see them again because I, like it was perfect. (laughs) Um, But if they want to pouch, then, you know. I mean, if I were you, I'd maybe do some Googling of where to send that row HQ. I know, I know where it is, but like, but that would make me sad. Like, I don't want to just send it and then like, yeah. I know I didn't send my book to like any of my heavy hitters because yeah. I'm like, it's going to, it's going to bum do, me out. Right. Like, I mean, also they don't have Instagram, so it's not like they're posting it. Maybe they use it. Maybe they wouldn't. Oh, but do they like, not? No, there's like no social media. They're like, I follow fan accounts. <laughs> you, follow the, you like run them. Yeah. Um, um, but the so cool funny. people I think now at this point are like the people who have kids because it's not just for kids, but then to show the mom using it for totally. themselves and the child using it for themselves like proves our point that it's not just for a specific age, but sometimes people don't believe that. Well, it's kind of like um, if, you know, wearing a, the same dress as your doll, like, you know, an American girl had like the outfit, oh, yes. you could dress like a prairie girl, just like Kirsten. Yeah. I feel like there's an element of, well, that's not mom and daughter, but like if I would, I would be do cutesy matchy stuff with my kid. If it were chic, yeah. like I, if it weren't like made by, uh, J- Jack and Jill, they like- also, <laughs> what they also, um, what's cute is they'll make something with their kid's name, but that they actually want to carry too. So oh, it's cute. like, you know, they'll make something, whether it's like a duffel or a backpack and they might put their kid's name on it, but they actually want to be seen using right. it. So that's also like, it's not like, a traditional they can make it they can still be like a mom showing off their kids stuff but right. it's not like babyish and it's not from like a mother and daughter website right no i love that wait i have to ask you a couple pop culture questions before i let you go because i always ask people oh yeah um and you're like the queen um are well a what is your favorite mary kate and ashley movie but we're dad probably really yeah i don't hear it's that always a lot like it's always like ranked really poorly it on is. like top <laughs> um i like that passport to paris i mean i just feel like you're a person that would replicate that atlantis trip from holiday okay, in the sun so that was my caption when i was in the bahamas recently it's like i get what i want and this <laughs> yeah, I, break, want, I got i want jordan brianna willis um, is iconic that i had so growing up in palm beach we were so close to atlantis like we're a 20 minute flight to the bahamas but I never went there and that was like my dream. And I went for the first time in high school and that was, I was lived out my, Oh my, my God. Holiday in the sun dreams. That, so, was, that was their, that, that was their chicest hair outfits. Mm-hmm. Like that's when they stopped zigzagging. They had long hair. They were doing the loose waves. Yeah. I'm sure you went to the hair person. No. So I haven't, I haven't <laughs> since, but like I follow the hair person on Instagram, Mark Townsend. That's amazing. Um, were you, when you were like really young, were you into like the brother for sale? One buffalo, so I wasn't. Buffalo? I wasn't. And I, I hate, 
I don't like, I never liked like musical things. Mm -hmm. So like I love Disney and I don't know any, Dis I've never seen Disney movies. Like I've what never seen Little Mermaid. What? I've never seen, I've only seen Cinderella. Wait. Like I literally, I, I didn't like them. I didn't like the songs. I didn't like cartoons. And in the same way, I didn't like the sing-songy like Mary Kate and Ashley movies. How are you a Disney? I love it's how you, I love how you lean into your Disney Disney adulthood. Oh, um, I'm, I I'm not ashamed. <laughs> there was this hilarious meme that went lot like was out while you were at Disneyland, and you were like just another the the millennial, child, childless, childless millennial. millennial yeah, Disney. like I love it. I'm we're going to Disney for my birthday in two weeks. With like eight. Can you friends. take me sometime? Because I want to see if it's like how. Because well, I love like rides. I'm like a big theme park person, but I I don't. I'm not attached to Disney characters, so I thought that was my no. limit. But you're not. Okay, I, I love, and I think Stony Clover sort of this probably is like rooted in some of what we do, like the like the happiness. Like it is the happiest place on earth. Sounds so stupid, but like everyone is happy. Yeah, and you like step in there and you're like transformed into like. I don't, it's not like I go there and I feel like I'm a kid, but like you kind of have this like childlike, like it's, everything's just like good. And like, people, yeah. are, people are happy to be there and you see families with like ch children, like babies Living and you their see best adults life. and you see every type of person, people who like went on a whim and people who've like never been and wanted to go for their entire life. Like it's such a, like everyone's there. I love it. Um, did you have American Girl Dolls? Of course I had. Which American ones did you have? Probably. <laughs> uh, literally all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> um every single birthday and every single hanukkah for like way too long like i was too old it was kind of like a theme um <laughs> you I, said that like four i'm times. too old for everything but i don't care it's the same thing as disney yeah. like, i don't care it doesn't matter it, um but i would get from like my parents and my grandparents like a doll new doll would you get the furniture i had a i had one of samantha's beds but i was like it's weird because I played with dolls like all the time and I liked like <laughs> I liked the dolls that were like babies because it like felt realistic to me. Like it was like, OK, a baby, you're carrying it like whatever. But like the American Girl dolls were supposed to be like older. And so it felt like weird to me to be like, like, <laughs> I'm, like trying, I, right. They're not babies. I, don't know. I would, like change. I would like I had different outfits. I had a dresser and a bed, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were living through dire circumstances, too, which I think is funny because like Samantha the way we were playing with first. them. Oh, gosh. She, well, she was. She She's was fine. We went when I was in L.A. recently, me and Libby walked into the American Girl Dolls store. We're like at the Grove and we're like, let's see it. And I was like, so Mattel bought American Girl. Like, right. It's changed. In our like, I don't know. Right. Probably after I stopped liking them. But it's like totally different. They're all modern. I was like talking to the lady who worked there. I like always like ask like way too many questions. So I'm like, okay, like who's the most popular? Like then they have some of the older ones and they like didn't have my, one of them they like didn't have. And she's like, oh yeah, you could buy her at Costco last year. And I'm like, so sad. Like, oh no, she went to, like she's like wholesale residual. <laughs> but was, yeah, but it was like, the, I don't know. It was like, su it was such a big thing, but it was also like, I would get the catalog and I would call my grandma on the phone and I'd be like, go to page 37. Like I want this one. And it was like such a like, I don't know. It was before kids don't even like play with dolls it's sad no it's like the pleasant company catalogs they're such Ugh, so nostalgic for me my grandma in palm beach would save all the catalogs and she had them in a drawer in her kitchen we'd go when we'd go to palm beach we'd sit on the floor and i would circle every everything <laughs> i'm just like you're so excited like i'd love them that's how oh you knew God. about things i don't think i just don't know if like experiential like doll or like physical things you play with are just 
popular. No, I was trying as, to like, think when we were there. I was like, how can you like bring it? Like how? Right. I don't know. They just want to be on their iPad. That's I a collab, Stony Clover. I have do. like a ton of. <laughs> I have a lot of younger cousins, almost all girls, and like so I see like they're. I mean, they could be like a focus group, but then I also just see like what they like and what's cool. And some of them are a little maybe above doll age, but in the last like couple of years, and it's like what they don't play with. That's not what they right. want. I was laughing so hard because when I was out to dinner with you and Libby, I was like, because I'm always trying to figure out like, what do the kids like? And you, you have like a lot of cousins in high school and stuff. You were like, (laughs) they were like really worried about ASAP Rocky. Yeah, (laughs) they're so worried. I was like, that's hilarious because I knew it was going on, but like for like the 15 year olds, like that's their, like they love Post Malone. Yeah. Love Post Malone. Like we're not. My cousins, um, Zoe and Dylan, who the, they, they'll probably be listening to this. They couldn't go. They're like, we're really distraught because they're going away and they have tickets to the Post Malone concert. And like, they're in high school. They're going to be juniors in high school. And like, it like ruined their whole. Yeah. They're, like, going they're, really, they're really distraught. Like, I'm like, you couldn't pay me to go to a Post Malone. There, there's, I love a good concert of a few people. Yeah. Like same. I will go, I will, I would follow Taylor Swift around tomorrow. Like, yeah, I like a Justin Bieber concert. Me too. They loved the Jonas Brothers concert, but like, I, there's not that many concerts I want to go to, and I don't want to go to a Post Malone one. No, I agree. Like, I love concerts and I love pop music, but like, I don't. There's few people who, if I can do a full set, yeah, I even feel like I'd be a little bored at an Ed, she- Ed Sheeran concert. Oh, I don't, you know. And I like him, but like yeah, three no, of his songs, yeah, I was a little bored at Ariana Grande. Yeah, because she phones yeah, it in. I've Taylor never, Swift does not phone it in. I've never, uh, I've never gone to an Ariana one for it. Yeah. Cause you're a little younger than me. So I, whereas I'm like kind of on the tail end of like Backstreet Boys in Hanson, you're like Joe bros. <laughs> but again, I'm too old. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I was Jonas Brothers. How many concerts do you think you've been to? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to admit this? On no, that? a lot, a lot, of, a lot of, con- I, I hated high school, um, a lot. And like, I didn't like go to parties on the weekends or like anything. And I do, had like a few friends, but like we would travel to New York. I had like a, some friends in New York and we would go to New York all the time. And I would like kind of travel like for the Jonas Brothers concert. Like that's what I did. <laughs> We'd be in New York and I'd go like three nights in there. Like that's what I, and like, okay, honestly, like parents were probably happy. Everyone else was getting drunk. <laughs> I was uh, at a Jonas yeah. Brothers concert. So it's a better, lucked out. better way to be. Yeah. What, uh, were you like a Demi Lovato fan? Um, okay. So I was, a, I like, camp rock fan i like liked demi i liked the beginning demi i went to a demi concert it was like a week before camp rock came out so she was nobody and it was at a movie theater in syracuse and there was i'm not kidding nine people there Ooh, and like she was real, she was like it was like i mean then the next week she then i went and saw her six months later in a um arena but i like liked her like in the beginning and i liked camp rock yeah. Well, cause were you, did you like high school musical or is oh, that? Yeah. Okay. Cause I, well, I was a freshman in college when that came out and I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> so I was like doing the moves in my dorm room, but like nobody was listening to high school musical. It was so freaking good. Did you know that Vanessa and Zach weren't real? That's no. upsetting. I did not know that. I mean, that's like apparently one of like the most token PR relationships that she's like quasi admitted to her and like Kristen and freaking Rob uh, from Twilight. Were you into Twilight? Um, I didn't read the books. I think I like saw the movie and I was like, oh, it's like fine. This but fine. that's not really my thing. And do you watch Bravo? Yeah. What are your favorite Bravo shows? Vanderpump and Southern Charm and so Summer good. House. Do you send Bravo people, Stony Clover? No. So 
I should, but you no. really should. I, I can help you with some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> they're because they're more accessible than you might think yeah there was um when we sold the bra- when we were doing the acrylic bracelets some of the girls on summer house wore them because there was a store in the hamptons that sold oh, them and yeah. all of a sudden i was like watching them like oh my god and i'm like acting as if like it's taylor swift and it's the girls it was like you're like page just or, like something and i was like ah <laughs> yeah no those are my three i like i'm not like a housewives yeah i'm not a big housewives person i actually am kind of on my way out it's yeah. just not I entertaining like, well, to me anymore. I've watched like New Jersey, like in the like prime yeah. New Jersey time. I like would watch. You'd love Beverly Hills. Beverly I wa- Hills. Is I good. like watched. I watched. Um, I like them, but not as much the show. What is? I was going to ask you your best, like most favorite, most notable celebrity encounter. But was it Mary Kate Ashley? Um. Yeah. Probably. But like. Yeah. Did you? Okay. And I. I don't have to put this in if you don't want to. Didn't you like win a Bumble contest where you <laughs> hung out with the Foster sisters? Uh, people are obsessed with them. They seem like they could be everyone's BFF. Yeah, that definitely happened. So I'd be nervous because so they're so I, funny. Like, really like them. And Sarah had Stony Clover um, for like a past year and like her daughters and stuff and like DM'd her before and it's like so nice. And then one day they like post that they're like doing this Bumble contest on Bumble BFF. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to enter. Like, why not? Yeah. And I do it. And I like just, you, I don't know what you were supposed to do. Like you're supposed <laughs> right. to tell them, I, whatever. I like, right. Like pick me, pick me. And I don't have notifications on for Bumble. I don't go on Bumble. And I get a DM from Aaron. Like you won the contest. Like I met you haven't <laughs> answered me on Bumble. I'm like, oh my God, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened. I've never entered a contest. I never, so I've never won a yeah. contest. And so we go and like, I mean, it was, it was like cool. It was very, it was like a Bumble, like PR like thing. Yeah, yeah. And so we were just like two of the guests, but I like, didn't like have dinner. No, we like talked to them a little, but, um, they're so nice and like, so funny. And they actually like, they came to our store in the Hamptons last week and they were there for two hours. Oh really? <laughs> Did you see them then? Yeah. They like literally came shop. Like they, I wasn't even there and like Sarah's like, Oh, is Kendall here and Libby here? And like, we then ended up oh going gosh, and like love them. She, the daughter, her daughter was like making a backpack. And, oh, that's so yeah. cute. I love them. They're very um, nice. And lastly, so I asked you this earlier, but we weren't on the mic. I asked you, cause this series is obviously caught under the influencer. And like, I think you're an interesting hybrid of, having influenced yourself while also being like, so on the front lines of like influencer marketing, but do you yourself consider yourself an influencer or like want to dabble in any of that? So no, I don't, I I don't consider myself one. And it sort of happened, um, from Stony Clover because I would be posting, um, like, my packing videos or what makeup I was packing or whatever. But I was just kind of saying like, okay, and in here is just makeup and all this fits. And people start DMing, well, what is that? What is that too? Do you like it? And like, I, my, I'm very the same, like I can help anyone with like something if it's like what I like. Like if someone were to be like, I want a dark smoky eye, what do you recommend? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't worn right. dark makeup on my eyes in a thousand years. But like, if it's something like I know and I like, I'm happy to talk yeah. about it. So I would like answer people's questions and whatever. And I'd start showing then like the makeup I was using. And then people would then know it was me. And then they'd follow my personal Instagram account. And then um, people would start DMing me like, what are you wearing? Or if I do a video and I'm holding a bag and I'm in it, I'd be like, oh my God, this new bag is so cute. And like showing people about it. And all the questions would be, who makes your dress? And so then I'd start like tagging. I'm like, it's such a weird like thing because 
I don't care as much. It's like my friends and like the people who I know are like hate following us. I'm like, they're the ones who are watching this. Like, who does Kendall think she is? Like, why does she, when I'm tagging a dress and I always preface, like we were just on a vacation and so many people are asking me like, where are you eating? What are you doing? Where are you going? And I was like, I'll just like answer when I'm done. Like, I don't want to tell people a, like, like where I am and be like, I'll just answer everyone's thing on my story. But same kind of thing. You say it too. It's like you, when you say like, for all this asking, like, right. but it's like you sound, it's like such a weird yeah. thing. And I always sound, feel so weird. At least on Stony Clover, we have like 90 something thousand followers. So like, it's possible that people are asking, but I still feel weird because I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. Like, that's not what I was yeah. setting out to be doing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, so you can like see how many times the stories have been sent. Like, you don't see who's sending them or like what. But I'll see. And like sometimes when I'm doing these posts, they get sent around a lot. And I know in the back of my head, I'm like, I know these are people who know me being right. like, who does she think she is? Like, <laughs> what does she think she's doing? And I and it's fine. I'm OK with it. But I still feel weird because it, it, I'm not trying to be. That's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But I also like taking pictures and I like clothes. So if you look at my Instagram, and it's all op- preset. Yeah. And whatever, like people are probably like, oh, she wants like she's trying to be an influencer. Like. I just you go I'm happy fun to places you share your life yeah you've always said your brand is an extension of your life yeah. and you and Libby's life is largely jet setting right and I'm happy to like share what I do share then people sometimes will ask questions about things I'm like I post what I post like for a reason like and I feel like I share enough and a lot they're like can I get an apartment tour and I'm like I've shown parts of my apartment but no I'm not going to do an apartment tour because I'm not an like I don't I am not an influencer like I don't think I feel like I oh when you like you'll talk about it you'll say like if someone's an influencer and like you're invested in their life because you're then they're like monetizing it like you owe something to the people and I feel like I sometimes don't like oh you don't to show my apartment if I was like a home decor person sure but um so I like, show parts and I feel like sometimes it's a weird like fine line about right. that about what I do want to show and then I don't want to make people like upset but I'm also like it's weird or like people like where where are you like where right now and I'm like I know they're not like crazy but like I also don't sometimes yeah, want to like careful. share too much um but then I'm happy to show the things that I do show yeah well I think you're I think that's the better position to be in that's kind of what I was talking about with the Mormon mommy bloggers I'm like to have your vocation not be grounded in your persona your day-to-day life like you have a job you yeah. have a revenue stream that has nothing to do with your internet persona yeah. so people are engaging with you because they want to be not because like you're constantly monetizing right. them. And I think that's where that line is of like, then it can be fun for you. Right. You can show what you want and not show what you it don't want. It also has helped with like in a few different ways, Stony Clover. A, I've now gotten things sent to me and a brand sent something and like Orbe sent me something recently and Orbe sent like this beautiful box and it was filled with stuff. And of course I'm going to post about it because, oh my God, like Orbe sent me I, stuff. I would and swim in Orbe stuff. Exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, I might, I've gotten things from other brands who've like reached out and they'll be like, oh, can I send you something? And they send me like one tiny little thing and I might not post. And, and I feel bad, but it's like, that's yeah. not. And then I know internally, like, okay, when we're doing something for Stony Clover, we, that's why we have to make it legit. That's why we have to send a lot of stuff because again, I'm getting not that much stuff sent to me, like compared to all these people. And I still feel this way, which so is so kind of messed up because like, I really, but it's like this weird thing. It's like, whatever it is, I'm grateful, a hundred percent grateful for everything that's being like sent or anyone who even cares to send me something. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you learn. Cause I'm on, the, I'm seeing the other side of it sometimes too. Like I was being invited to like events all summer in the Hamptons. I'm like, this is so weird. How did I get on the list? Like I have no interest. Like I am the worst networker in the entire world. And like, I admire people who can network so much. And like, especially as someone who has your own business, like I should be, but I hate that. I'm like, 
I cannot imagine going to like an influencer event by myself, like a dinner for a brand. Like I could not do that. Like that's not the life. I could not have to yeah. like be told I have to post something. Like I, that's not me at all. That's what a lot of like all people want. Right. And so that, funny. but it's, but it's like, I think it's also like, it seems like this like amazing thing. And then when you actually think about it, do you want to spend your Saturday night, like at a dinner for like a brand that's cool, but like, you're not going to know anybody there and you have to post a picture of it. It has to be like perfect. And you have like, that's not, oh, it's not my when jam. you like actually think of the logistics, I feel like that go behind right. it. It's not as glamorous as it. Well, no. And it's the game of all, you know, when you're talking to people, all they're thinking is like, who are you? How mm-hmm. important are you? How many followers yep. do you have? And that's what I can't say. Yeah. And I'm like, can we just like talk as people, not yeah. about like what I can do for you? And right. that's what networking is. Yeah. And I'm with you. I'm really bad. I hate feeling small, but more than that, I hate feeling like the person I'm talking to is looking over my head. Yeah. For the next best person. Yeah. But it's, and it's also though, like, again, I'm like in the scheme of things, it's so small, but like, well, if we get even the question of like, why is your stuff so expensive? Sometimes I'm like, ugh, really? in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not sad, but I'm like, oh, like it's disappointing when someone asks that. Cause like, you know, someone's annoyed or like unhappy with yeah, like what you're doing. Or if someone says like, so then we do get sometimes very rarely, but like, we'll get rude DMs or mean things. And then I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I don't like this. And so I can't imagine being like a full public person where people cr- are criticized. I could, I give them so much credit because I see it on the tiniest, tiniest scale. And then like, I'm in the back it's of awful. my mind thinking about it for days. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's one DM or one comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to be like putting yourself out there so much and being like, okay with it. Like that's amazing for them, but I couldn't do it. And I'm, and I like can brush things off, but it's like certain things. It's like they stick and it's like they know people know what to say to like strike a nerve. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah, I couldn't do it full time for sure. It's such. A, I think it's a blessing to have a the the a, cruc, a crutch almost of like, this isn't my full time thing. Like I have something else going on yeah. because it gets to the point where like when people insult you, like you know, with this podcast or whatever, or like something you're doing on Instagram, it's one thing to insult your business or products, but this is like insulting your personality. Right. Yeah, and like things you can't change, yeah. and they hurt even worse. And it's like, but then the other side of it too, like seeing that people do care the things we like has allowed us like a whole nother channel in our stores because we sell non-stony clover things for the mm, first time yeah. where we know now like people like what me and Libby like at least to a certain point. So we have our favorite like sunscreens or like our favorite headbands or our favorite like right. we're able to curate this whole thing. So that is kind of cool like because of that because people caring about what we like and what we use and whatever we're able to then like give them part of the reason also the store is like such a like unique experience. It's like you're really stepping into like our lives. That's what I love and that's why I think like you know, I, I hate when people are like, what's your five-year plan? Cause I don't have one by design. Yeah. Um, but like for you moving forward, vision wise, are you kind of just hoping it continues to be an extension of your life? Yeah. I think it only, I think it works and like, we're so happy doing it. And like me and Libby work so well together because it's just like an extension of our lives. It yeah. makes sense. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like we're, it's not, it, it, we're like we know we figured it out we have this like rhythm right now and like we know what we're doing and we're able to like do it well um so I hope that it just continues to be this like full extension I'm sure you know it's also like it's grown with us so like even when we started doing the pouches in the next couple of years my friends started getting married and we were making like bridesmaid stuff Mm -hmm. because of that or then people are starting to have babies like mostly my friends like siblings and then people are asking for baby stuff and so it like has grown with us and I'm assuming it will continue to do so um and then at the same time just having like more and more and more people find out about us would be yeah. the like goal so that instead of when someone's like what do you do and I'm like well there's a company like yeah like, I work for Sony Clover and I was like 
household. Yeah. Everyone knows what it is. That's, I think the coolest thing you can do is starting your company in your house. So coming full circle to be a household name is kind of like the coolest ground up grassroots. Like I think what you guys have done is so impressive and so cool. And I mean, guys, like this isn't somebody crafting here. Like you guys are (laughs) pulling in millions. You're doing an amazing job. Your growth is insane. You have an office on Fifth Avenue. You have a large staff now. You have two stores and growing. Like it's a big deal. And I know it's probably uncomfortable for you to say all that, but I'll (laughs) brag about you for you because I think it's really incredible. And I think it's an amazing story of having a natural business sense and acumen that gets you to a place, but also just learning on the fly is what's so inspiring to people. People think they need a certain set of criteria to like start a business, do a thing, whatever. But I think you need to have the, you know, the, the interest, the drive. And if you don't have the skills to figure it out, you need the will to do it. And you and Libby have the will. You figure everything out, which is so amazing to me. Well, I think it's also like, because so many people, either they're influencers or they started things like you're in this like time of so many entrepreneurs, which is amazing, but everyone thinks that they can do it. Yeah. And so everyone, no one wants to go to like work for somebody else, like young people, like they want to do their own thing, which is great. And like, if you can do it, that's amazing. But you also shouldn't just do, I think there's so many people who just want to do something just to do it because like everyone's yes. doing it or it seems like everybody's doing it. It seems easy and it seems glamorous. And that's like the other thing. Like my advice with everyone and ask them, like, just go for it. Like do it, jump in. But at the same time, like do it because you actually care. The second I stopped caring about it, why am I doing this? I can go do something else. And it would show through on absolutely everything right. you're doing. Right. I can even tell if I'm doing a video and I'm packing and I'm just like not in the mood to be doing it. I don't even post it because I'm like, you can tell from my voice, like you're used to hearing me right. <laughs> speak or maybe you're not. Maybe I'm like overthinking it. But at the same time, like I don't want to put it out there if I'm not like 150% behind it. Well, I think what people don't get is like, um, influence is something that's developed not created Mm -hmm. like I don't think especially that's why I like like the more OG bloggers that started when there wasn't a blueprint because even if I kind of don't love what you're doing or what you've done with it I I tremendously respect building something without a blueprint having it be a new industry and like yeah when people are like I want to be an entrepreneur I want to crush it in business starting from there or starting from I want to be an influencer doesn't work you have to build yourself up to a place where like you have a product that's so great first you become that yeah. or you do so many things people like you ultimately have influence like people don't get the the root of anything is like a natural drive interest product differentiation that doesn't already exist right and when you try to do it in reverse it's just not going to land yep. and then that's all the more embarrassing <laughs> yeah. like we were talking about it's yeah. like embarrassed it's embarrassing for me that my family listens to this podcast it's embarrassing <laughs> for you when you're like you're like thanks for these products right. Orbe, but like whatever you have right. to block it out right. <laughs> move forward Thank anyway you so much for sending this to me yeah because you hear it. yourself doing the things other people don't but like yeah the f- best example is when so many people ask you a question that you have to be like a lot of people are asking. Me I literally, when I posted on my per, because I like also, I'm really bad about posting about like Stony Clover on my personal, which is so weird. But like, it's just you don't like, want to drive thing. it. Home, I don't yeah. know like what to do and what to post. And I know people do want like behind the scenes because I'll follow like founders of companies. I'm like, it's so I love seeing like their perspective right. from a different way. And like, I could be better at that. Um, there's a million things could be better, but like when it, so when I posted for my trip and I like did it for my personal, I literally at the end, I'm like, don't worry, I'm not trying to become a travel blogger. It's like, and I feel like I, and it's so stupid, but I feel like I have to say, it cause I know what people are saying. I'm very self-aware. Right. So like, I know exactly like when I post something, I know what's being said about it. I feel like you've got to own it. Yeah. That, that's the only way to do it. Because like, 
if people know you're self-conscious about it, they know it's getting to you and they'll continue to right. do it. It's also like, I don't really care. Like if someone wants to know where I'm going and I can have one person go on like a cool trip. Great. Yeah. Like true. That's cool. But like at the same time, I'm still aware of what it is. Right. No. So it's like, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Take it for what it is. I know. Cause if you wanted to, you could be like full on travel blogger. <laughs> but I know it's not what you don't want, but your photos are like amazing. Thanks. I just think that there's nothing wrong with caring about aesthetics. You have a feed flow. It's awesome. It's easy. You have a preset. Well, it's funny. Everyone said, so stupid, but like I definitely care about my Instagram. And it, people say like, I'll see on people like work for Instagram, like it's not about the feed. It's not about the feed. But like, I only thought like a lot of times I follow people based on their feed. If I'm like, it's pretty and I like the way it looks and it all like, is cohesive. That's a lot of the like random people I follow. Yeah. So at the same time with Stony Clover, like we're less, crazy about it when we're posting but at the same time i'm like i know if someone sees it and it all goes together and bright and colorful and happy they're gonna like it if it was like black random black dark pictures throughout right I, it's like you have to kind of take it like it's not so right not about the feed it is well and yours needs to be kind of on brand right but i think there's like you know if i was just gonna repost everyone's pictures you ever posted like that would be amazing but at the same time i know it gets likes and i know it doesn't and i know you need to get likes for people to see it and like all of this stuff so it's like this whole thing right of like creating this perfect Instagram, whatever, like, do you care if they get rid of likes? I would be thrilled, thrilled if they okay, get rid of Okay, I agree. I, I, I could not care less. Because I, right, I don't care, but then I know that other people are looking at it. So for Stony yeah. Clover, I think that will be good because I'll think I probably will post a little bit more of like what we actually want to. We're still posting what we want to, but like maybe a little bit less yeah, like crazy a about it. it. Yeah, Right. But at the same time, then it's like, okay, well, if they're, aren't if i'm not caring as much but then pe less people are liking then is it not being shown on that right. many people i don't even know how the whole thing works but like either. that's the that's the weird thing but no i get rid of likes i also think like beyond me i think likes are like all the like kids growing up now it's like just the most messed up thing like oh agree for anyone's self-esteem that like get rid of it comments are where the engagement is anyways stories yeah. is where it is anyways yeah i've had different people say different things on here but um well, Kendall, you are so great to talk to us. You have the best stories. <laughs> you are so fun. This was such Thank a good you. interview. Like, I always want to talk to people who I'm a I'm personally interested in what they're doing. But B, I think that people can learn a lot from them. And I think people can learn so much from what you said about like, just trying stuff, not being self conscious, figuring it out as you go. And like, I don't know, I just think people sometimes people want things to seem too deliberate and then it's discouraging to people yeah. and not that you should discount anything you're doing, but I love how you talk about it because yeah. it was very natural and you are, you and Libby are such natural business people. And I think like, this was just such a great example of, um, I don't know of, of an inspiring business model. That's like, just it's, it's already huge, but it's just starting. And I'm just like pumped to see you guys continue to crush it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you? Uh, at Stony Clover, stonycloverlane.com. And then I'm Kendall Aaron. How do you spell that? A R Kendall, A R I N. Kendall, like Jenner, A R I N. Perfect. And Libby. Libby is, what's Libby? Is Libby Libby Glazer at, at Libby Glazer. Yes. And stonycloverlane.com. Stonycloverlane.com. See, I can't even like self promote. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know. Don't go or don't. I'll see if I care. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Kendall for joining me. That was so much fun. So if you want to go to stonycloverlane.com and use code BTIF15, that'll give you 15% off through November 22nd, BTIF15, stonycloverlane.com. So that's so nice of them. Thank you so much. And yeah, I hope you guys like that interview. There's actually more I'm putting on Patreon. 
Um, we talked a little bit more about some of their collabs, what they've done with uh, like the Four Seasons Disney, Beverly Hills Hotel, Target, Eloise at the Plaza. They've worked with like every major cosmetics brand because not only do they you know, have their own pouches, but also companies can buy their pouches to like send PR mail in and send cosmetics in. And I mean, they just have done so much stuff in such a small period of time that uh, I couldn't even fit it all in this episode. And obviously, you know, I have to talk pop culture. So, you know, maybe I should have stayed on topic. But what are you going to do? But also the reason I wanted to put it on Patreon is because she tells a really interesting story that I wanted to include as part of my sorority episode. But instead, I was just like, I'm going to wait till she can tell me herself uh, about basically getting blacklisted from a, like any sorority when she went to college for something she like didn't do. And it, I don't know, I just think it's like the craziest story. Um, and it's really interesting. And she was nice to relive it because I just like when she told me over dinner once, I was like, oh, what? I've never heard anything like that. Um, so patreon.com slash be there in five P A T R E O N.com slash be there in five F I V E not the number five, as you know, uh, it's like where I put bonus content. There's a dollar paywall, but I, you know, I'll, I'll read listener emails there. I'll like spill tea as the kids say, uh, and that's just kind of like a safer place to share things, but also for like paying listeners, I always want to give them the good stuff. And, uh, anyway, guys, if you're new here, please come back or Go back to some of our previous episodes. We have a lot of really interesting Under the Influence episodes with Courtney Kerr from Courtney Loves Dallas and from Currently. Uh, we have uh, Grace Atwood from The Stripe. I talk Royals a ton with Merritt Beck from The Style Scribe. We have uh, Heather McMahon, Heather McDonald, Danny Pellegrino. We have all sorts of fun episodes. And uh, there's a two-part sorority deep dive, a three-part Mormon mommy blogger deep, deep dive for some of the bloggers Kendall and I talked about. Speaking of, it was such funny timing because right after we recorded this, uh, Rachel Parcell got the Stony Clover package and posted a bunch about it. And it was so, so cute. That's why I said at the beginning she used it. And then Kendall said her dream was for Rachel Parcell to get it. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like a funny full circle moment. And uh, lastly, if you want to read more about social media stars, a hard hitting take on influencers. Buy my book, Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. It is on Amazon and anywhere books are sold, but there's an Amazon link in the show notes. It's a children's parody book, kind of like Go the F to Sleep. It's meant for adults, but it's it's like clean, um, but it's mature. And it's uh, about a mother teaching her child how to be an influencer in the same way a children's book would talk about like a firefighter, lawyer, or doctor. But instead, this very modern career, it's it's very sarcastic in nature. It comes around and is heartwarming and full and uh the premise is if she's flipping through her phone as if it's a book and uh looking at nursery rhyme characters instagram accounts so like little bo peep lost her you know sheep she started a GoFundMe. little miss muffet is hawking curds and whey protein she probably got kicked off the bachelor i mean there's all sorts of things humpty dumpty has like a youtube channel and like epic egg falls off wall vlogs it's it's uh it's basically my brain in a 32 page format um <laughs> So check out Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. And yeah, support Sony Clover. Use code uh, BTIF15 until the 22nd. I am about to right now. Might give something away at the, the old live show. I'm headed to Boston this weekend. I'm in a wedding for one of my best friends who I love very much. I'm so excited. And then in a couple of weeks, I'll be in New York. And if we do something at the Stony Clover pop-up, I'll let you know. But regardless, if you're in New York, go check it out. It's um, at 40 Prince Street. And it opens on... November 16th. Very cool. What's today? The 13th. This weekend. So exciting. All right, guys. <laughs> Tugboat says bye. And um, 
As always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Now I'm...